Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello everybody, it's Wednesday, September 12th, 2012, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I am in the house with Steve Say. Hello. Mr. Bob Ryer. Hola. And Stephanie Cook is back with us. I am, I am, I'm here. All right, (laughs) the click is back together. All right, so, Stephanie, what did you do when you were not with us for these two long weeks oh well i was for all of you don't follow me on twitter or whatever i was in um chicago for uh, a little while to go to uh Worldcon there um it's my first convention that hasn't been a comic book convention and um i gotta say i thought there would be a lot of overlap it would be the same sort of thing and they are completely different monsters <laughs> i can't honestly say that i really enjoyed the book convention part of it um but i really loved being in chicago <laughs> and good. uh checking Partial out challengers it. comics who totally freaking rock if you're in the chicago area and you haven't been to challengers comics go check them out they hooked me up with some really cool prints and some really cool comics one of which i'll be giving away sometime in the near future oh oh, oh a little tease mm-hmm. so um <laughs> i got to meet a ton of cool people in chicago and um some really exciting comic book people and such. And Did you George R.R. Martin. I met George R.R. Martin, uh, you guys. Wow. That's, that's a big, big. deal. <laughs> Can I just say that, for the record, he looks like the dude on the fish sticks box. He does. He looks like, he looks like an old-timey <laughs> sailor. <laughs> and I met... Oh, He's oh, like a gorgeous fish sticks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I met somebody from the Game of Thrones show, too, but I can't think of what his name is. He plays um the guy with the braided beard like that's like starts at sideburns and goes down to his chin big burly guy <laughs> the burly <laughs> guy i'm not sure i think his name's is. ron something like in real life ron okay something yeah he carries but, a sword and he has armor and he you know uh, does medieval like things that he's character. a warrior and shit yeah but, dirty usually and uh it turned out like i, I was at this award thing and somebody Wait, wait, like, that, wait! Shut- you're underselling it. Don't bury the lead. If I remember correctly, isn't the Worldcon the Hugo Awards? It is the Hugo okay. Awards. <laughs> it's like the biggest award in science fiction. That's a big event, Stephanie. <laughs> it was, I, Neil Gaiman was sitting behind me, and I kept looking, and I was wow. like, oh, I can stop looking at him. Like, this is weird. I'm being weird. <laughs> it was really exciting, and um, at this, like, cocktail party, um, I'd been standing beside this dude uh, drinking wine, and... Somebody was like, Dan Harmon's here. And I'm like, Dan Harmon's here. I oh, wow. fucking love community. And he was like beside me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was like, the dude. And um, if, if you happen to have me on Facebook, I may have taken a creeper photo of him while we were in an elevator together <laughs> at one point as well. And 
I may have posted it, so <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> You're really. allowed. Did you uh, have any good food while you were in Chicago? Uh, yes. So much good food. <laughs> Chicago is like the Italy of the United States. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to uh, say. It's the title of tonight's know. show, yeah. I think, yeah. Um, uh, deep dish pizza, which is like 90% cheese. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to have like to go in for an emergency heart surgery because my <laughs> arteries were so clogged. Mm-hmm. But um, that was delicious. And um, what else did I have? I had lots of good things. And um, oh, I was supposed to go out for red velvet pancakes with my friend Elliot, but um, the place was closed when we got there. So I'll just have to come oh, back boo. to Chicago to go there. Mm-hmm. I got to play with puppies, too. So that was awesome. <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah, puppies. random puppies. Only in Chicago. Only yeah. in the Italy of the United States. States are there puppies. <laughs> so we had a little technical blip there. We were talking about the Italy of the United States. Stephanie, anything else you want to share with us about Chicago before we move on? Um, no, I think, I think that's good. We'll leave it on that note. It was okay. lots of fun. I wish you guys, you were with me in spirit. I thought of you guys a lot. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so we're going to get into our books week in just a second. I wanted to go over a couple of cool like news, rumory okay. stuff that was going on. The first thing is the rumor, and we posted this on Twitter today, yeah. uh, that Viggo Mortensen might be playing Doctor Strange in yeah. Thor The Dark World. Uh, so Bob, what do you think about That's this? That's perfect. <laughs> if they're going to go cosmic, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get Doctor Strange into this. Now, I wonder, will there then be... Wave three, the Doctor Strange movie, probably because it, yeah. it wasn't in this listings they they were doing lately of what yeah. was going to be up and where was Doctor Strange going to fit in. Mm-hmm. That's just great, honestly. They're, they're willing to. They went all badly with the Avengers and now take this into Thanos and the Guardians of the Galaxy and Rocket Raccoon, Doctor Strange. Yeah, very cool news. Yeah, Stephen, you sounded excited about it. Uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. He could be playing fucking Wonder Woman for all I care, and I'd be excited. That <laughs> might be a lie. That's a lie. I'm lying. Yeah. We already got Michael Fassbender. Oh, that's right. Yes. So. <laughs> I know, and I'm sorry to anyone who looked at that photo. Yeah. It's burned into my retinas. I can't get that one out. <laughs> I'm Whoa. sorry. But yes, I am very excited for it. I think it's a fantastic choice. I couldn't be happier that he's going to bit at it. Are you excited about it, Steve? I'm very excited about it. Um, I think he's a wonderful actor, mm-hmm. and... Let's just, if it is a rumor, I hope that the, the resounding yes mm-hmm. online will be enough to flatter him into say, like calling yeah. them being like, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. do it. <laughs> I mean, it seems, it seems like it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a dumb deal, a mm. dumb, dumb, ugh. get people excited, but um, it was going around a lot yeah. and he, the picture, I, the picture that they posted next to the drawing or the, mm. the art that they had for Dr. Strange, like. All they needed to do was like add a little bit of silver into his hair, and he is <laughs> yeah. Doctor Strange. Absolutely, and I, yeah. I think he would play it really well, mm-hmm. and it just it in, it instills a lot of confidence in that they are getting like a list people to mm-hmm. continue this series. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's it was leaked by the same guy who uh, broke the Falcon in Captain America two story and the fact that it was going to be Winter Soldier. He was, so it, it's a reliable source, but it's still a rumor at this point. Um, and Joss Whedon also talked this weekend a lot about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, you know, he endorsed uh, James Gunn as the director uh, and writer of Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. And he also talks a little about 
Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, and he talked about the Avengers, and he said, you know, the team-building stuff in the first movie is really just the beginning. He's like, I don't see that as the happy ending. I see that as the beginning to a much more complex future, Ooh. you know, for the, these, these people. He's like, he's like, and I get to go in and do all this stuff, and hopefully I get to twist the knife a little bit, <laughs> which is, that's what he does, you know? So it's exciting to hear him talking about it and that he's kind of got his purview all over that. Um, other news, um, a supposed logline for a Lobo movie uh, popped up online. Hmm. Um, it says the story follows the title character Lobo, a powerful alien bounty hunter who lands on Earth in search of four fugitives who are bent on wreaking havoc. And continued rumor that uh, Dwayne Johnson is the front runner for the role. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Oh, I don't dear care Lord. What anybody says, I Did love any of you him. see Journey 2? Because if you had to watch that, you totally. No, but <laughs> yeah, but that's I, a bad movie. Huh? I liked him in the rundown. I yeah. thought that was a fun movie. Yeah, it is a fun movie. He's good in it, and he's been good in other stuff too. Uh, well, he he was good, and he's just gotten progressively worse over the years. So he could use something that's actually good to kind of. Have you seen the game you know. plan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? The Tooth Fairy? Is that yeah. him? Yeah, that too. That. Yeah. 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 Oh my god! <laughs> Cinematic yeah. gold. Yeah. With Larry, the I own cable the two pack. <laughs> Tooth Fairy and the game plan. Yeah, you, you turn the DVD over and it's the other movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That whole gem. journey to what does he say? Oh, he punches somebody and says, "Thunder Cookie." He <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't write that film. Um, what do you think of this, Bob? Never been much of a Lobo fan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always seemed as a a better guest star than a lead. Yeah, but if you put the right cast around him, if you've got some bad bad guys, yeah. To have a bad good guy, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a Punisher kind of thing. You can make this happen, yeah. and it's space. Yeah. Now, what year are they planning this? They didn't say. Nothing, uh, not 2013 even 2013, maybe, but 2014. Right. So if you already get the Guardians out, it's going to look like an add-on to it might, the Guardians, kind yeah. of. So they may have to rush this. And it's interesting because it, it seems in line with the way that DC doesn't really think about these things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no movie that Marvel puts out under their own brand that doesn't have its messaging, where it's like, this fits into this universe in this way. And it seems like Lobo, it's just like, we're going to do Lobo. Who cares about Superman or Batman? Steve, what are you going to say? I'm actually wondering about that because um, I started reading of the many things. I started reading Big Hero 6. Yeah. And I'm actually a little concerned uh, after reading it. Um, I expected to absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And I find that I'm almost half, it's a big book. It's a one shot, but it's pretty sizable. It's like, you know, four or five issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty much halfway through it and I'm still waiting for it to like get going. Okay. It's actually a little concerning. And then they're, it's supposedly going to be an animated film. Yeah. It's an animated film. It plays more like the, the first or second episodes of a long anime series Mm -hmm. more so than a film. And I'm then, since it's based in Japan, but then they come over to the U S I'm wondering if they're going to have it be more like Japanimation style or if it's going to be Americanized. Mm -hmm. Um, ju- I know this has nothing to do with Lobo, but with the whole no, Marvel having like, yeah. a good grasp yeah. on their things, yeah. I'm just wondering if they're going to go like kitty market mm-hmm. with it because they easily could, with the yeah. exception of the two girls who are very scantily clad and their mm-hmm. attitudes to match. Mm-hmm. But um, it should be interesting to see how they market and how they handle it because yeah. to me, that's the most risky. The most up in the air thing. I mean, the the Guardians of the Galaxy is also a little risky, but mm-hmm. I think that the Big Hero Six more so if they don't know where their audience is for that particular property. Yeah, it's their first time really trying to branch out 
into the like the serious like feature film animation right. world, you know. Right. Um, so I'm interested to see if they they build it more as a Marvel movie as, or as more of a Disney movie. I'm interested to see what they do with, with that, you know, because mm. who knows except for us. Who knows who the big hero six are? You yeah. know, nobody knows who they right. are. I mean, I'll hold off. I'll, yeah. I'll wait to see what they come up with, and I'm I'm still excited mm-hmm. just because I, I trust them. But yeah. at the same time, if they're going by the blueprint of this book that I've been mm-hmm. reading, I don't know how much more there is, but right. it just it was taking forever. Mm-hmm. Like I and normally that's my bag. Like the whole anime cartoony present presentation, I right. usually go hook line and sinker for. I was not really not warming up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you read the Ends of the Earth one-shot that came out uh, a couple months ago? It was just called Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Ends of the Earth, and it was the, yeah. it was the tie-in with all the different yeah. people. I mean, they're in that book. Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the Japan team, and that's the only place I've ever read them, and with I enjoyed Union, them in that uh, book. The one with Union Jack? Yeah, the one with Union Jack, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, and I enjoyed them in that, and I haven't read... Uh, apparently, that one-shot collects like some of the Chris Claremont stuff and some of the older stuff into... One volume. Did they get their asses kicked in that book? They do a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're yeah. used to it. Godzilla probably steps on them all the time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and just closing out some of the new stuff, Marvel kind of rolled out a, a, a bunch of uh, teasers last week for Marvel Now, um, all of which are not nearly as clear as the ones that came out uh, originally. So we have uh, Lightning, Survive... Wanted and Killers. Killers. Yeah, are the four. Um, Lightning has a crosshairs on it. Um, the rumor about that is it's perhaps Thunderbolt. Right, because as Thunderbolts has become Dark Avengers, there mm-hmm. are two teams going. It was the old Thunderbolts, Moonstone and that whole crew, lost in time. Mm-hmm. And then the new Dark Avengers taking that space up here. Right. Dark Avengers is continuing. Yeah. So it probably could be those the old Thunderbolts moving on somewhere else. Now, who was yeah. running that again? Daniel Way? Daniel Way, yeah, who did a really long run on Deadpool, I believe. So there was, there was because of the crosshairs, there was some, you know, question of whether or not maybe Deadpool is becoming part of the team or something like that. Um, but Marvel has not come out and said anything no. yet. But on Thunderbolts, the, the subtitle was always, you know, Justice Like Lightning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, mm. it, uh, survive and no, no idea. Um, you know, our writer actually, Jacob Bryan, on our site kind of mused perhaps it has something to do with Marvel Zombies, huh. um, which was something that nobody else brought up. I saw, and it's an interesting idea. It's again, none of the, the teasers they came out with, hmm. none of them have like the symbolism that the first ones came out with, you know, so it's really tough. Um, wanted, no idea, you know. Thunderbolts would also be maybe something for that as well, sure. you know. And then uh, Killers is the last one, uh, and we have no idea what that one is either. It does seem like maybe these all maybe share like a section of the universe, possibly. You know, maybe they're all bad guy teams or reform teams, or you know, mm-hmm. kind yeah, of like a cloak and dagger kind of thing could now fit into right somewhere down there. There haven't maybe. been any people online that have had any ideas there has been a couple of me but none of them they were all kind of like best we could tell like might be this or it might be that you know wild speculation yeah Yeah. exactly um there was speculation that the crosshairs on lightning also might mean punisher is going to be like the new leader of the thunderbolts um because punisher is ending uh the rucka run is going to end with the punisher war zone 
you know, Luke Cage has been in trouble as the leader. They're looking, they've been looking to move him out. If you've been reading Dark yeah, Avengers, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, that could make sense. Well, who knows? But those are words up. I mean, Stephanie, did, do you have any uh, any theories? I really don't. I mean, I've just been kind of ignoring the Marvel Now stuff until it actually starts coming out. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one thing, it's like AVX. They had all this stuff coming up to it, coming up to it, coming up to it, and I just want it to go away. Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm happy that it's... Is it done now? It's almost done. Almost it's done. got two more issues. Yeah. 11 right. well, is today. And yeah. the same thing. I'm just kind of keeping my expectations yeah, mm-hmm. until things come out and they're actually good. Right. I mean, and the thing about these ones is that two of these books share writers. Wanted and Survive both share the same writer. So, it's good to see what happens mm-hmm. in, in that. It's a... It, I'm interested when they when they come out and tell us. It should be usually if it followed last model, it would have been this week, but they haven't said anything yet. So we shall see what's going on with that. Um, we also had the Harvey Awards announced uh, this past weekend, and surprise, surprise, uh, Daredevil is all mm-hmm. over it. But um, best online comic is Hark! Hark. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, it, uh, and she also won best cartoonist for it. Mm-hmm. And best humor book too. Yeah, um, best she writer. Has a calendar out. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, best writer Mark Wade. Best artist J.H. Williams the um, third. Yeah. Best yeah. best continuing or limited series Daredevil, published by Marvel. Um, yeah, best original graphic album Jim Henson's Tale of Sand, published by Arkea. Yes. Yeah. Which I saw you took you had a th- th- picture of it today, right? Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be yeah. Um, and they had, you know, best uh, domestic reprint project, Walt Simonson's The Mighty Thor Artist Edition, published by yeah. IDW. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, oh, and best, most promising new talent, Sarah Pacelli from Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Is she that I think new? those are pretty well all the same things that yeah. won the Eisners. Yeah, it is pretty much the same stuff. Yeah, she is very new. She's I didn't very, know that. I thought she'd been around for a while. No, not, not really. Um, she did Runaways. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when? But, you know, I think it's sort of like the Grammys when they're like, best new artists, and they've been around for like yeah. 15 years. They just had a, a, their first popular album. Don't even get me started on the Grammys. <laughs> I, love that, I love that you have a rant about the Grammys. Um, it's bullshit. It's like the most <laughs> innocuous thing. That, no, this thing nobody cares about. <laughs> um, not your opinion, the actual R- Grammys. Gram- yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually wasn't insulting you that yeah. time, Stephanie. Haven't you missed this? Yeah, it's the first time for everything. Um, (laughs) All right, well, let's move into our books of the week. I I wanted to hijack five minutes. Okay, Bob, go right ahead. Um, Anyone who's visited our site has seen uh, Haney Mode's wonderful avatars that she did of us. Yes. And so you should always check in on that. It's always there on our little Twitter things, I guess, too, somewhere. Yes, it's the podcast banner now. And if you're on another point, if you're on Facebook... Uh, you should follow her on or follow, uh, like her page on uh, on Facebook because she she posts a lot of uh, art that's like in progress mm-hmm. and it's really fun to see um, the whole creative process of how she goes from penciling, stenciling colors and doodles and stuff. So if you like her stuff, definitely check that out. Very cool. Well, uh, on that, at at one point we had an Anything Goes episode where someone uh, had a question that was, you know, we should have superpowers for each other. Mm -hmm. Someone else has come up with the whole idea of we should have our own comic book. 
Well, one of our loyal listeners, Sarah Bell, who is now a new auntie, we have to congratulate her for that. Uh, I'm turning into Phil Rizzuto oh, here. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. And so where she came up with uh, backstories <laughs> and names for our characters. Oh, boy. So I'm going to try to get into my best sort of old-timey radio voice here. And um, we're going to go ladies first. So, Stephanie, you're up first on this. You ready? Hey. Yep. Okay. You are Shenanigirl. girl. recruited in the wilds of Canada to help the talking comic team cross the border without disturbing the armored bears or highly trained attack moose to patrol there (laughs) Shanana Girl is the muscle of the team using her slight appearance and foxy good looks to fool the bad guys before uttering her catchphrase I call shenanigans A which activates the super (laughs) strength that she uses to take down her opponents with her alter ego as socialite and woman about time's one about town Stephanie Cook as cover. She uses the world's perception of her as a party girl to conceal her true mission to travel across continents battling the forces of evil as they try to disrupt conventions and drag comics back into the dark ages of the 80s and 90s and spread their wicked ways for comic world domination. Holy shit. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, That's amazing. Yep. I can't yep. believe there's more. This oh, awesome. there's one for each of us and a, and a short sort of story here. <laughs> So, Steve, you're, you're up next. Uh, you're the maestro, changing the world through music. <laughs> the maestro is an adept of many mystical disciplines. Foremost among his talents is his ability to perceive a person's true nature through their auras, and sensing danger or evil, he can realign them into a gentler state using spells cast in musical tonalities and sound waves. Ooh. These spells are created with the aid of his sidekick, Mumu, who... <laughs> Who, although she appears to be a common house cat, is in fact the reincarnation of a Japanese mystic warrior princess. How did she know? Whom the maestro rescued from a shelter as he could sense her inner nature. That's exactly what happened. (laughs) The maestro is also the keeper of arcane musical knowledge dating back centuries and makes a great (laughs) mixtape. In his civilian identity, as Steve say, he is one of the world's greatest waffle makers. That is amazing. Waffle bot. Waffle bot. Okay, Bobby, you're, it's, you're the broadcaster. All right. Spreading the truth. <laughs> By day, Bobby Shortle is the journalist owner of the WTCB television radio networks, and in that capacity, he, he counters disinformation with facts and ferrets out corruption at the highest levels of society. Using the news stories he has gathered while in his civilian identity, by night, in his superhero guise as the broadcaster... He transforms the wicked, the unscrupulous, and the badly uninformed into upright and knowledgeable citizens through the use of his broadcast power, whether they like it or not, as he also has the ability to win every argument. Oh, my God. He is the leader of the Talking Comics team and coordinates their activities, as well as those of their support group, the Podcast Brigade. Recently, a shadowy, mysterious figure known only as Lady S has begun sharing information with the broadcaster and added a member to his Talking Comics team, of whom he's slightly suspicious. Now, let me just throw in, Sarah initially put herself in as Lady S as a private joke to me, and she didn't want it in. It is so wonderfully old school, the shadowy behind-the-scenes figure that we're we're keeping it, and you're part of this team, Sarah, so (laughs) forget it. Uh, Now to me, the Grey Guardian, Mm. protecting truth, justice, and the comics way. (laughs) The Grey Guardian, a.k.a. Robert Ryer, has been a superhero for over 50 years, but he ages more slowly due to emanations from a strange meteor at the Museum of Natural History. (laughs) He has no superpowers, excepting an assurance that he's always right, but uses his (laughs) gas gun to render evildoers into non-aggression as he abhors violence and grimness. 
He falls prey to melancholy as he has watched as all his superheroic peers grow old or die. So in this modern era, he walks alone, aided only by the mysterious computer wizard known cryptically as Audrey. He is recruited by the mysterious <laughs> lady asked to help mentor her young charges, molding them into more well-rounded heroes and comic readers in her effort to create a super team the likes of which the world has never seen. Very nice. Now, it's a very we, inside joke, the Audrey thing. Yes, it, if, you, if you read my pieces, she's there yes. quite a bit. So, but Sarah's on top of these things. Yeah. So our story so far. All right. I'm going to really try, I'm really try to rack, rack this one up here into real old radio thing. The Grey Guardian joins the team. During an interlude where he is overcome with sadness over his lost comrades of years past and in hiding from the creatures known as the Mean Reds, the Grey Guardian, drawn slumping with a little rain cloud hovering over his head, <laughs> is wandering the stacks of his local library, avoiding the glares and shushes of the dreaded reference desk ladies, when out of nowhere, bam! He is blindsided by the ball of love that is Mumu, jumping at him from on top of one of the shelves. <laughs> Temporarily disoriented, he fails to notice the approach of the maestro who realigns his aura using a dirty projector song, nice. lifting him out of the clutches of the mean reds who are utterly vanquished by music and returning him to a more heroic outlook. The maestro introduces him, introduces him to the other members of the Talking Comics team, and the Grey Guardian agrees to join the maestro, Shenana Girl, and the broadcaster at the request of the shadowy Lady S in their latest mission to fight against the evil powers of Morose and his minions, Misery Guts and Grumpy Pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we have so far. Sarah's at work, and that we, was we incredible, thank her Sarah. so thank much. Thank you so much. Hey. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. That was awesome. I'm so glad you didn't tell us you were going to read that. <laughs> I had no idea. That's awesome. No, I didn't either. We have logos and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm thinking, I, I, there's, there's some things going in my mind that I will talk to you guys about after. Okay. Mm. Sounds good. Uh, should we post this? I can give you these yeah. from my... We can post it, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah okay. we'll post it, absolutely. That, that would definitely, be awesome. is, definitely is getting posted. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. You know what? I, I was thinking, this is sort of my thinking, I think we should have um, on our About Us page maybe a superhero alter egos About Us page. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Ooh. Great idea, Stephanie. Ooh. Way to go, Steph. But it'd be super secret, so all you listeners, you know, can't tell people. Yeah, don't yeah. share. We want no, to protect our loved ones. Secret. We don't want them. We don't want our secret identities yeah. to, to get out. My mom would be shocked. <laughs> 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 all right. So, book of the week. It's hard to follow up that. Yeah, really. So, is. Stephanie, you have to follow it up. What's your book <laughs> of the week? Um. So, at the beginning of this ties into kind of our topic for this week too. But I, um, when I first started reading the DC Fifty Two. Um, I read the first issue of Wonder Woman and kind of didn't like it at all, which shocked me because I love Wonder Woman. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the art. But today I, I started reading Wonder Woman again. Okay. Um, and I think I'm at issue number nine. And um, the series thus far is my book of the week because I've fallen in love with it for the most part all over again. Wow. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I... I I should say there, there's still little minor details that I'm not really liking about it. Um, for those of you who have read it, um, I won't, or haven't read it rather, I won't spoil it too much, but um, I'm not really liking the rewrite of her origins that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I won't go into it too much, but um, I'm really digging the heavy, heavy, heavy uh, Greek mythology stuff and mm-hmm. um it's just been a lot of fun so far for me, and um, that shocked me after really not liking the first issue. I went back, and I kind of was like, 
why did I hate this so much? I, I, and aside from not really liking how um, Wonder Woman was drawn in the first issue, I can't really see why I had such a problem with it. So I have a theory. What? <laughs> not that I know what you're thinking, but um, <laughs> one of the issues that I had with it um, is that I think that it it's one of those things that now that you have several issues and that you're able to go through them, it's kind of like watching a television series while it's airing that you have to wait that week or you have to wait mm-hmm. that month yeah. to get another piece of the puzzle, another part of the story. Um, I've reread it too, and it just it works so much better when you have a lot of it. I mean, yep. I, I know that that goes with anything, mm-hmm. but with this book in particular, um, the um, the emotional output uh, output of the book I think comes across much better as a continuous thing rather than waiting to get back into like the broody um, dark place that Diana's in mm-hmm. in this book. Right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I definitely I'm agree. Seeing. Actually. Um, Again, this is going back to my trip to Chicago, but I had a wonderful talk with um, one of the employees there, uh, a lovely girl named Molly, and uh, we talked about how many comics we pick up every single week. And, you know, that adds up. And after a month, you come back to these comics again that you've read, you know, amidst a pile of other stuff. And it kind of gets forgotten. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to go back and be like, oh, who is this talking about again? And you have to go back and kind of reread the last issue. And it's kind of like this never-ending story, really, of like having to go back and forth and back and forth. And um, reading it all in one sitting, what's been put out so far, really has been far more enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. So that, that definitely could factor into it. Bob wants to say something. No, I don't. <laughs> I've said so much about Wonder Woman on this program. It's right up there with Fantastic Four. Um I'm appalled at the level of violence, uh, the characterization of the Amazon as murderers and will, you know, give away male child, male children to slavery and uh, kill an entire boatload of Russian sailors. And go ahead. Oh, well, I was just like trying to. If anyone hadn't Spoiler. read it, I wasn't going to go too far into it. <laughs> I know, that's six yeah. months ago. I mean, that's not even spoilers. That's just like a, that's... Okay. Like well, that, was, that would have been spoilers for me had you said it yesterday. So. <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, in the last 25 years since the crisis, when it's been done well, all those other elements were there, the Greek mm-hmm. mythology. And someone, you know, we, we were debating online about this, you know, after an article I wrote, we, he mentioned how bloody those Greek mm-hmm. myths were. But when they were presented to us in school, and we all saw them, we didn't get the unexpurgated versions. We got the sort of, well, we don't have to chop someone's head off on mm-hmm. camera. And so, uh, to me, the book has gone a little down that road. It, I'm, I'm happy there is mythology involved again. Right. It had gone away from that. So that's something in its favor. Yeah. Well, well I think that's part of the reason I like it. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like, ever since I was, like, a little kid, I had this weird obsession with Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Like, I would go to the library and take out, like, the same, like, four books on, like, encyclopedias of Greek mythology and just read them through, like, whenever I could. And for some reason, I love it. I love it. I have a Greek mythology app on my phone. Why? Nice. I don't know. <laughs> but I love it. And I love that the book has incorporated so much of that into it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I've been rereading a lot of the New 52. For uh, I'm going to be ranking them for the, the, the site, and that's going to be starting next week. But I will say this. Books that I was not crazy about when I read an issue or two issues, 
when we first started doing this, when I've sat down and read a bigger chunk of them, I began to kin more to them. And when I was reading them all straight through without, you know, because I would read all of the book I had and then move on to another book. I wouldn't be going back and forth between books. And to be able to focus down on that one story, it, I think it did help with connections and stuff. Now, does that mean that it should be excused for not being um, excellent on a week-to-week basis? Maybe not, but it's just, it's just an interesting thing. I don't think it's a good or a bad thing. I think it's an interesting way to tell a story, and it, it does take advantage, I think, of the fact that people get hooked onto characters. You know, so they, um, they know you're going to stay around with it. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say as, something? Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. I said, what were you going to say? Oh, okay. Um, as this one sidebar for anyone who's read it, um, the character War, mm-hmm. is that who it is? With the beard? Yeah. In like issue seven or eight, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, I know. Steve's saying yes. Okay, okay, I wasn't sure. I just <laughs> wanted to know. Does anyone else not think he looks a whole lot like Brian Azzarello? <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're probably right. He does. He does look like Brian Azzarello. He looks Azzarello. like exactly like Brian Azzarello. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that can be a coincidence. Probably not. Probably. War manga! <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone else. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about Wonder Woman when we mm-hmm. get into the second half of the show, which which I didn't even say at the beginning. We're going to be talking about New 52 and our favorites and the stuff we didn't like. And we've got some great listener reactions and questions as well about that. But um, before we get into that, and kind of mm-hmm. in that same tone of Stephanie's talking about, we did have the first round of zero issues. And I want mm-hmm. to talk about my book. Of the, one of my books of the week is a zero issue, and that's Green Lantern uh, number zero. Um, now, I've actually today just started getting caught up with Green Lantern uh, for this article I'm doing. And... I hadn't been reading it, and so when I read the zero issue, I hadn't. I stopped reading Green Lantern in like issue four when I picked up issue zero. Uh, but I figured it's it's a new character, it, it's starting something new, so I could pick it up and, and kind of get it. And I think that's pretty much true. I think you can pick it up and read it and take it for its own merits. It's obviously part of something bigger, but I think it stands on its own. And much like when we talked about Grant Morrison uh, Batman stuff. Reading that Green Lantern book make, made me excited to read other Green Lantern stuff. It, it was intriguing to me. The idea of the character was intriguing to me. What he means was cool to me. The, the mystery behind how he gets the ring and why the ring has come to him I think is cool. And especially after going back and reading the, uh, the Free Comic Book Day, New 52 issue, he makes an appearance in that. So it definitely it got me intrigued about the the universe of the DC universe starting to more come together, you know, to more become a cohesive world where it was connected in different ways. Um, I think it's a, it's, it's well-written and I, I like the art. Uh, Bob, you took a look at it right before we started. Yeah, it was very interesting in that you're now seeing uh, a different way to select the Green Lantern. It does yeah. seem accidental at some yeah. point because there's some error messages. Yes, exactly. Your there's something wrong with the ring. pulling up yeah. something yeah. going on. Yeah. Uh, I am still troubled by that cover. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, if we are going to make a point, as they have, and rightly so, that they're you know introducing a, uh, a Muslim American character, mm-hmm. to have him appearing on the front of the first issue in a ski mask with a gun pointed at you, and then within the first two pages he's stealing cars, mm-hmm. I, I, though he turns out to be a good person, yeah. as, as yes. the issue goes on, how many people will just jump on that and not read the book and mm-hmm. then turns into, oh, well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, into, it's, yeah. And then the internet reacts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and that'd be a shame because I think there's a lot more to the book than yeah. just, just the cover. 
you know, um, I don't know, Steve, if you, got, if you read it or not. I know you're not reading Green Lantern, so. No, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the, f- the few that have. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, to, to hear you talk about it, I mean, I've always wanted to get into a Green Lantern mm-hmm. something. I know you let me borrow, um, was it Brightest Day? Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Yeah. It, it's big. It is big, yeah. Um, I just haven't gotten to it yet, mm-hmm. but I've been wanting to get into something Green Lantern, and just by the reaction of the first couple of issues, I didn't think that this was the run right. to get into, but I'm yeah. starting to realize that I might not have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say Blackest Night is a good is a good place to to read because what's happening right now in Green Lantern in the New 52, what's happened, sorry, happening now is very much tied to Blackest Night in a lot of ways. Um, also, Green Lantern Rebirth is a good place to, say that one, yeah. to jump on that one as well because that's the reintroduction of Hal Jordan as a Green Lantern. It's kind of the start of John's epic run on the character. Um, it, I think it's a worth the read and I think that, I don't know how... It might be a good jumping on point as well. I, I don't know what this character is going to be doing after this. I don't know which book he's going to be in. I don't know if he's going to be taking the lead in Green Lantern for a little while or maybe sharing the spotlight with Sinestro and Hal because they've pretty much been the two main characters in that book since it, it relaunched. But there's levels to him that, much like I was talking about last week with the Justice League thing, where it, John's finally started building in weakness and layers to his characters. This character starts out with some interesting layers. Mm-hmm. So I will be intrigued to see where they go with him from now on. I'm especially intrigued, like I said, because I want to see how they're building the DCU back up. You know, who knows how long it's going to last and what they're going to yeah. do with it. But I, I, I think it, it's an intriguing thing. I also think that we kind of need to talk a little bit about Phantom Stranger um, just because even though I don't think it was even close to being the best of these zero issues that I read, it certainly has large implications for the DC universe as a whole. Now, I mean, Bob, you have the most history with that character. Um, I want you to talk about a little bit about the history of the character and what you thought of this issue. And then Steve, I want you to talk about it because you wrote the review and I thought you wrote a really good review. So, Well, he is the DC version of the watcher mm-hmm. where if something arcane and mystical was happening, all of a sudden, the Phantom Stranger would show up, and you knew right. you were in deep doo-doo. <laughs> uh, he's going to make some pronouncement. Oh, the world-changing events. The other dimension is coming, and, well, you'll help us, right? No, no, I don't do any of that. I, I'm just telling you. Right. It's like your uncle that would tell you not to drive too fast or something on a picnic. <laughs> uh, and he's been around a very long time, in the background, had his own series here and there, never to any great success, then canceled two or three different times. Um, I think, as with the Watcher, when you create a whole race of Watchers and explained who he is, explaining the Phantom Stranger, giving him an origin, is not such a great idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, as you pointed out, you know he's now Judas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll, we'll tie him into a historical figure. He could have been Lincoln. I mean, Lincoln's yeah. hot, or maybe, you know, <laughs> we'll throw uh, Pride and Prejudice into this. He could be Mr. Darcy, I don't know. Um, the book seems to go. It was pretty. Oh, spoiler alerts! It's pretty obvious who one of the characters is going to be to yeah, me you as an old time reader. Is, but yeah, so it's so going to so. be oh, and then we get to him, and it's four panels, and he's gone, and over with him. This is either really decompressed or un or compressed storytelling. Yeah, or it's just lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to use him because it's part of that universe. So there he is. Look, you want him? There he is. Ha yeah. ha ha. Yeah. No, didn't get much out of that. Yeah, after look nice. Mm-hmm. Look very nice. Bleh. <laughs> Steve, what about you? 
Um, it's funny. I uh, I read it about three times before I, I wrote the review, mm. and one of the reasons that I, I read it so much was because I just there are certain books that you read and you just you cannot no rhyme or reason you can't pinpoint how you feel about them. Mm-hmm. You're like and you're indifferent, you know. And um, my biggest problem with the character itself was that it states right in his like his uh, I guess stats or whatever they're like. Much of the Phantom Stranger's powers are unknown mm-hmm. even to those around him. And I'm like, and it seems like even to the writers. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you how do you write an ongoing I'm assuming it's ongoing because it's part of the new fifty two. Yeah. That how do you write a book about somebody who seems to have limitless capabilities? He's phasing through shit, he knows things, mm-hmm. you know, like he's he's kinda he's um, I guess pre precognitive or yeah, a little bit, yeah, yes, yeah. Like he's he's like he's kind of he comes off as kind of omniscient, but he doesn't really have all the pieces. Mm-hmm. So he's he's been you know told that he has to atone for. He's supposedly the biggest one of the biggest sinners mankind has ever had. He's one of the three. Yeah, and the whole time, the only thing that's like holding my interest for another issue of it, if I even maybe if I even read it in the store, but. I was more interested to find out who the other two people were right. that were were along with him for this ride because we only got his story. There's two other people standing yeah. there. And people have said, oh, well, this person becomes that. And then this person, well, all right, but mm-hmm. where, where is that? We got yeah. like somebody was being like insolent and they were like, kneel. <laughs> I just kneel before Zod. Yeah, I've seen all that stuff before. And um, like I kind of like the the phantomy ghosty kind of thing but i think as a as a character like there was a character i forget her name but there was a character showing up in the first couple of dc books where she was there well, it's pandora yeah that's who the that's who the girl is of the three people oh it is yeah okay yeah. well that's okay so that's mm-hmm. cool yeah um so maybe they'll finally but i just i don't know it's weird i, I again i wrote the review I've read it three times. I have talked to a few people about it. I know people that absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, the art was okay. I thought it was kind of middle of the road. Didn't really mm-hmm. like jump out at me. It was kind of just there. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to see what they do with it, but it's more out of like morbid curiosity than anything else. I just yeah. don't know what you could do with a character like this for so many issues and have it remain interesting and have it be a challenge. Yeah. It seems like the thing they're setting up is that he has to betray people in order to earn his... Yeah. He, he has to betray a certain amount of people and certain people that are part of some bigger puzzle to earn his freedom or what have you. Um, I don't... It, the, the, the thing about the, the Pandora thing is it's actually addressed again in that free comic book day issue where they show her kind of story and they also kind of show the third person who uh, it seems like they're going to become the question. Um the but this stuff is the only reason I'm even interested in this book is because of the implications he has with the Pandora character because she's the one who shaped the new Fifty Two. She's the one who, in in their fiction, created it mm-hmm. in Flashpoint. So I I don't know what they're gonna do with that, but I, I agree with you. I don't see his the thrust for his character on, in an I, ongoing I series. Just, like, if we're going to be dealing with like the guy that he was following around, yeah. that he was going through that whole thing with, I don't care about him. Mm-hmm. That situation that he was in, I don't care about that. Yeah. If that's the kind of content that we're going to have for more than half the book, and that's the kind of the people that we're going to be dealing with in order for him to atone, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the reveal at the end of, of the person he's kind of following is, I won't say who it is, but 
the way that the character comes out, it's just like, and I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not. It, it's not Ooh. done particularly well. And people who have read the book, I'm sure, know what we're talking about. Um, I'll say this: Do Swamp Thing and Animal Man. I think they were both good. They both have really good um, parts to them. I like the way that they reshape Buddy's origin, where they keep the same origin he had back in the day, where like aliens came down and made him Animal Man, mm-hmm. but they redress it, it to fit in with the rot and the red and and the green. Mm-hmm. And I like that they do that. that they, you were saying you thought that was a cool idea yeah, too, right? Definitely, because you, you then pay homage to the original continuity and make it part of this. So it's for us, the old folks, mm-hmm. and yet it's it's a wink to you that oh, that was kind of silly, the, right? The spit yeah. shine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, it was very, very. And that's nice. Yeah. that they did that. Um, Swamp Thing. It's really all about showing that Anton Arcane is a really bad guy you know does some really horrible horrible things and snyder gets to bring out his kind of horror side in the book to do some pretty gruesome stuff my only problem with both of them is just that i feel like lemire and snyder have done such a good job already telling me who these people are and their history that i just kind of like okay i just want to get past these issues and get back into the the story again Mm -hmm. um doesn't mean they're not well written i just wasn't i wasn't crazy about Mm -hmm. the actual plots that's it for me steve book of the week uh, my book of the week is, uh, believe it or not, uh, Before Watchmen, Silk Spectre number three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I read a whole bunch of good stuff uh, this week. Just going down the list really quick. Um, Sweet Tooth is you know coming to a close. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. The end is definitely coming, and um, the book has really kind of left that storybook um, thing that it was doing for a while, and now we're getting back to the action portion and what characters have meant to each other throughout mm-hmm. the series. Cause they're kind of having to say goodbye. Right. Um, so it's very emotional, much like, you know, Jeff Lemire mm-hmm. as yes, he does. Yeah. As he does. Um, so that was fantastic. And just really quick harvest number two, uh, from image comics or shadow oh, shadow lines, part of image. Yeah. Um, the last time we talked about this book, I said that I wanted more. I said that I wasn't 100% on it yet. After reading number two and after, um, I guess, kind of completing the idea that they had started in the first issue, now that it's, I understand what the situation is with, you know, it's kind of like black market surgery. Um, the main character has a lot more complexity to him than we got in the, he was just a drunk mm-hmm. in the first issue. Now we're realizing that he's got morals um, and they also do something, this isn't really spoiling anything, but they, the book covers a lot of ground time-wise. Right. So you go from him just being introduced to him being established, and it completely it solidified my interest in the series. And um, I'm definitely going to be picking up the third issue and seeing where it goes. Um, but getting back to my favorite book that um, entertained me the most this week, Silk Spectre number three is just... Like I said, it's just fun. Um, the first half of the issue is uh, Laurie continuing her. She's trying to basically covertly or not so covertly take down a, um, I guess, a drug kingpin mm-hmm. yeah. that, that's in her neighborhood. Yes. And um, she decides that in order, the, in order for them to trust her, she's got she's to take you know, the drugs and, and find out what she's up against. And, of course, she ends up tripping balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
the what I loved about this issue, I mean, I it's I, I, I don't hide it. I, I've you know, I've done things in the past and when I read a book that reminds me of the good times that I've had, I mean, there were some bad times in this issue too, yes. but yeah. <laughs> there were, you know, there, there are aspects to that mentality and aspects to the whole experience that is very difficult to describe to people, especially people who have never experienced it themselves. Um, this book, it's much like when I saw Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas for the first time, I was wow. completely sober mm-hmm. when I saw that movie. When I walked out of the theater, I couldn't drive for 20 minutes because <laughs> I just I felt like I was on a trip. The same thing with Silk Spectre number three is like right from the very first page. It's just it's so colorful. It's disorienting. But at the same time, it's it's got a, a really good order to it. Um, some of the panel layouts are really cool. There's this one mm-hmm. page where all, um, all the happenings are going on. She's got this kind of... Um, like a uh, like a spiraling mentality where her thoughts are running in circles and the panels actually follow a spiral yeah. into the center of the page mm-hmm. and the center of the page is just a look on her yep. face that I've worn more than a couple of times <laughs> and um then you get into the second half of it and it kind of calms down a little bit takes you out of that um you get the whole morning after the groggy angry dirty bathroom it's 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 just it's a really really good book if you've been there and if you haven't been there it will give you that sensation and it's got some really really good character depth for her yeah and uh also has a really really great uh sequence with the comedian yeah just yeah that it, does, yeah. it was one of the few times that i was like actually right behind him being like yeah dude <laughs> fucking do it he's so. used to much better effect here than he is in his own yeah, before watchman book it's yeah what's uh, really uh, such a great choice of artist in Amanda Connor uh, because her facial expressions are so perfect. It's just very subtle, and you, you're getting every feeling that you know Laurie's having, and it sell, helps sell the story. Mm-hmm. And you, you still have fun in the middle of all these horrible things. Yeah, she goes shoe shopping. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll pay for it really as she smashes through the window of a store. We'll right, go too much further, but you now you're getting. This before Watchmen Enterprise, this is what they should have been. We're getting information about a character we didn't have before, mm-hmm. why she does what she does, how she uses what her mother taught her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moves her forward, puts her in a place that we didn't get from the original mini or from the movie, and it's here. Well, you know what it is? I'm, I'm enjoying some of the other um, before Watchmen stuff, but I'm not having fun with them. Like I'm reading them and I'm like, oh, this was this was good or this was crap. This is the only one that I'm reading that I'm like excited and I'm like dazzled yes. by the colors and it's it's making me feel something other than how does this fit into everything that I already know from the main series. I'm not trying to put the pieces together with this. I'm just having a good time with it. Right. Uh, Called my favorite things in this issue, which you know, it's my memory are new are these moments where she kind of shows like the internal thoughts of Lori oh, in this very yeah. out of style look so that it, the morning after when she's in the bathroom and they ask her how she's feeling it's like that. that quick cut to like the scream yeah yeah and it you know that that feels very cinematic to me you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it's it, I, I i loved yeah. it i lo- and they do it a couple more times um, like with the, the, the boy in the boat, you yeah. know, and, and that, that stuff. That page of, of, of her, like the morning after, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Mascara yeah. running down her face. Yeah. It's great. Um, Stephanie, have you just checked out on the Before Watchmen stuff? 
really have. I mean, I lost a lot of interest in it just because, well, <laughs> it was unnecessary. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. Um, Take a shot. <laughs> I don't know. The Silk Spectre actually doesn't sound so bad um, as far as what's been given to us for the Before Watchmen. But I don't know. I, I'm tempted to check it out based on what you guys are saying about it, but maybe I'll wait until uh, the trade paperback comes out. Yeah, there's only one more issue. There's there's no reason to run around yeah. and, and go grab them. But, yeah. I mean, I urge you to check it out just because, like I said, it, it does feel much different from the other stuff that's been released. It doesn't have that... Um, like knuckle dragging to it in my, in my personal opinion. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that'll disagree with me that they're really interested in some of the other books, but I just don't find them as engaging. I mean, I, I pick up Silk Spectre and all of a sudden I'm tripping out. Mm-hmm. I'm not tripping out while I'm reading Comedian or right, Rorschach. I'm just bored. Yeah, I don't know. Well, the, the cover helps it, first of all. Now, it's a very period cover. That's Jim Steranko. Mm-hmm. That's one of his shield covers from back Same, in, in that like exact period. <laughs> Uh, he did the the old Nick Furies. He and Neil Adams were those guys who broke the fourth wall, basically. Crazy effects and all this psychedelic stuff. And this is a Steranko. If you Google Steranko and pull up a shield cover, you're going to go, that's what Bob was talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, to me, this seems like this, um, to a little bit lesser degree, Minutemen, which I think mm-hmm. with its last issue, started to differentiate itself in a, in a cool way. Um, and... I'm hopeful Dr. Manhattan after the, the first, first issue, issue was very good. Yeah. So, well, everything else I feel like I've either given up on completely or have just decided I'll wait for the trade to check it out. You know, um, those three seem to be to me to be the standouts. Um, Bob, what do you got okay. for us? couple of things. First, uh, really briefly, Love and Capes, What to Expect, number two. Yay. With a tremendously charming homage cover to the wacky old 80s movie Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because At it... What babysitting are, blues. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no baby um, in this place without singing the blues. Can't get off this stage without singing the blues. <laughs> well, what we have here is Abby and Mark decide as a dry run to being parents, they'll babysit someone else's kid. Which doesn't quite go the way you'd want because, well, his friend who's sort of the Batman of this universe is moving in with the Wonder Woman who's his ex-girlfriend <laughs> and he has to go help just to show her what it's like if yeah, what if you called got, away. What if you, yeah, what if you got called away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have, to st- you have to learn to deal with this now before the baby's actually here. Mm-hmm. And then you break down about it and the, the baby's at home. At least the baby's not here yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they've got their fate out. Though he does cheat in, in rocking the baby to sleep by sort of flying around the room, which <laughs> is just, just isn't kosher. Uh, so if people haven't bought this before, do know. I hadn't read any of the other trades. I'm, so, I'm going to probably pick those up at the con, I guess. And you can just jump right in because you get tons of explanation oh, yeah. right on the inside yeah, front it's, page. It's you know totally who these people friendly. are right away. So not an issue with that. Then there's X-Factor 243, where uh, we're day three of what they're calling breaking points, where it's each character is getting a moment and something really bad is happening. In this case, it's Polaris. And Peter David has shaken up Marvel continuity to its core <laughs> here. And he has left himself and other writers an out because there's a little panel of, well, what if it's an android or <laughs> it's an alien or something? We find out something new about her origin. Now, if you're people familiar with her, she has a connection to Magneto. We're not going to say what yet because no one's quite sure. But this, this will shock you. As you get two-thirds into this and see where it's going, you get to a page and you go, oh, no, he isn't going to go there, is he? And yes, he does. This is, this is a goodie. This has been a great run. It's one of the better of the X books, and I think it's going to be left behind 
you know, it's going to be left going on its own. Once oh, yeah. You move into the next, it's not going to yeah. get turned into, no. you know, the uncanny X Factor. Or no, some other I don't think so. It. No. So that's that. I also loved uh, Huntress and Power Girl World's Finest. That and, was my favorite of the Zero issues. Right. Yeah. The one that I didn't like was Earth 2, number zero, so I won't say anything about that and just <laughs> move into better stuff. <laughs> anyway, it being, um, since you guys were talking about beginnings, what I have here is two really old things. One is showcase number 37. <laughs> the Flaming Doom from 1962. It's the first appearance of the Metal Men. And when I was six, when this book came out, a, a book with a giant flying atomic manta ray with laser beam eyes attacking a bunch of robots. <laughs> you gotta love that. So here we're introduced to uh, Doc Mangus, who creates these characters. And you have, you know, they're all, each of them, a, an element. And the characters themselves, it's, you know, steadfast iron and solid lead and, you know, Bright gold, volatile mercury, humble tin, and platinum, who he's created in the form of a woman named Tina, who just wants to make love to her creator, which is wrong on all sorts of love, and he keeps threatening to melt her down. Mm -hmm. you just got to learn to behave. You've got tons of great science. It's a wonderful story about Robert Kaniger and Andrew and Esposito did the art who were doing Wonder Woman at the time. And just lots of fun stuff. But anyway, that's way back. And um, I have a very... It's not my original copy, but it's a really poor copy from... Darren from Tor Comics a couple of weeks back actually gave me Metal Men number one. Uh, it's like signed or certificated or something. Nice. Yeah, he just threw it at me. He's like, here. And I'm like, um, <laughs> yes. Read the Metal Men. This, it's a really shame. They apparently at one point uh, tried to option this as a cartoon during the 80s. It never happened. This would have been a great kid's cartoon. Anyway... Same year, same sort of period, it's Fantastic Four number five, Meet Dr. Doom. That's right on the cover, but actually they're, they're the prisoners. We get introduced to him on the first page, amazingly enough. I can't believe the, the quality you keep these at. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that's the, well, here's the quality I kept Fantastic Four number 12, which is my original copy from being a little boy. It is not in good condition. <laughs> It's still, you still have it, though. I still do have it from 50 years ago. Which is crazy. Um, I have a better copy at home. <laughs> uh, we see Dr. Doom in his, in his castle in Latveria, though it's not introduced as such. He's, he's doing some stuff. He's going to take out the Fantastic Four. We get to them in New York. You see Johnny Storm reading the first issue of The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> and, and he compares them to the thing, so they start a big fight. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Dr. Doom takes them all prisoner. And he can't get out, and he's threatening to destroy them and, and the Baxter building and everybody in it. They have to give him Sue as a hostage, and they get sent backwards in time to Blackbeard's time to steal Blackbeard's treasure. <laughs> now, um, they, they do get to that point. They find the treasure, and Reed, because he's Reed, I'm not going to give him that. I don't know what's there, but it must be some reason he wants it, because he knows who Dr. Doom is, recognizes his voice, gives you a four-panel origin of Dr. Doom getting his face blown off, not as a space businessman. <laughs> uh, from that horrible movie. Um, and so he loads it with chains so that he, Doom can't do something. There's a fly in the ointment, though. Ben Grimm is not thrilled with being the thing. He is still pretty messed up about this because it's only, you know, half a year later. He wants to stay because they've discovered it's time travel and paradox. He's actually Blackbeard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so he's going to stay and, and basically is going to get rid of... You guys go back. I'm staying here. I'm not a freak here. Mm -hmm. I can, I can just be myself here, and they, I'm a leader among men. I'm a pirate captain mm -hmm. and so on. There's a tornado. It blows up the ship. He realizes he makes a mistake. They go back. Doom is really mad when he doesn't get his gems. Gasses them all. They're all unconscious or whatever. And in one of Sue's 
great first moments, she saves them. She's the reason they get saved. She gets, turns invisible, goes, fixes the whole thing. So go out there and buy Fantastic Four number five. <laughs> Actually, just, just, buy, you, the, just buy the archives. Sure. Do you read it like that or do you have No, I another... read the archives. Okay, you I read the version. archives. I don't pull this one out. This was not all that expensive when I bought it because I bought it 25 years ago. So it was old, but not that old. I'm, yeah. I'm like picturing you with like tweezers and a candle yeah. and the whole like, like those arch, gloves, yeah. the yeah. radioactive yeah. man number yeah. one yeah. Uh, yeah, episode the, of The Simpsons. Yeah. It's the ninth gate. You get a, a negative yeah. pressure room. Like you're um, in like the, you know, like the Vatican archives. And yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> my archives, are, I wish mine were that nice looking. <laughs> it's all sort of steel shells. Um, but let me just say there are a couple of reasons I took this trip down memory lane here tonight because, again, as the New 52 began things for you guys, these, these two books you saw, that's my first comic book, The Metal Men, and this is my first Marvel, FF5. And um, you know, I, I'm here because Bobby asked me I want to be, be part of this whole thing, but I'm here as, as much as anything else as a comic reader because my dad bought these things for me when I was a little boy. And today would have been his birthday. Oh, very nice. September 12th, 1913. Wow. Yes. So thanks, Dad. And to all of those in our audience, you know, Patrick, who's a new dad again, and Loki, who's got his little boy into comics. I mean, just keep that up and uh, thanks. Cheers, fellas. All right. Cheers. We'll end our Book of the Week segment on that. Thank you very much, Bob. And we will move in after a short break to talking about the new 52, the what's up we love, the stuff that we don't like. We'll be right back after this. talking about the new 52 i mean many of you who have listened to this show for a while now know that the reason that this thing got started in the first place was because of the new 52 it's kind of like got me back into comics and got see back into comics so uh we figured we should celebrate it it's been a little over a year now um i believe justice league was at the end of uh, august so we're about a week out from that at this point um and uh, we figured we'd talk about you know our favorite books our least favorite books maybe what we think you know some great moments were what great characters we've kind of kind of become a you know acquainted with that we didn't know before or what or vice versa um and uh i want to start out bob with you i want you to, you to talk about you know we've you, you've started you know about jumping off point and stuff like that but you know what was your status with dc right before the relaunch what was your opinion when you heard about the relaunch and afterwards so well at the time they it's funny i actually took notes on exactly this <laughs> subject uh at that point, I was buying Justice League, JSA, Power Girls, Zatanna, Birds of Prey, checking into other things, Superman and Batman here and there, and picking up issues I liked. And right. there, there was some, you know, I was a fan of the continuity. I was not even thrilled with Crisis, mm-hmm. but got past it as they kept putting everything back together. And for me, the New 52 was a complete jumping off point. Um, that continuity enriched the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I understood what was, what was going to happen. And if you were then going to stick to that and tell the stories in that way, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, I'd have been happier. But it, since it became a piecemeal Batman and Green Lantern stayed, right. Aquaman kind of had his own history, mm-hmm. 
I ended up buying Batgirl. Out of, out of, that's the only thing I did, only because I wanted to see what Gail Simone was going to try to do, what uh, silk purse out of this sow's ear she was handed, she was right. going to be able to make. And that turned out to be pretty good uh, as a decision on my part, because it's, it's one of the best of the book. Yeah. Uh, in between, uh, thanks to Steve, I've started picking up Supergirl, which I really loved, because oh, it's yeah. a great new take on the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it... it didn't depend on knowing about the old Supergirl. It really was a brand new, brand new character. Absolutely. Yep. You're absolutely, yes. Um, the other things I've checked into, I've not been particularly happy with mm-hmm. for all sorts of reasons. We talked about Wonder Woman before. Just read over some of the Suicide Squads and saw exactly what Ugh. Steve was talking about. Uh, even though, uh, I'll, I'll be spoilery here, the first issue has a twist to it that isn't, doesn't seem like what's going on is what's going on. I don't know. It, I understand these books are now meant for an older audience. We'll get into that too later. Seven or eight pages of, of cattle prod and torturing and staple guns to people's faces. Not a great introduction to characters that are basically the Thunderbolts not done very well. Mm. You know, villains as heroes. It could be villainous. And, and, and to take Harley and do that to her, where you, this was a great character. <sighs> Still get me started. Okay. Well, you, please, riff as long as you want, rant as long as you want. No, they, you know, they, the first arc was, uh, up until issue number six, was the whole um, Harley Quinn, um, the search for the chase for Harley Quinn or something like mm-hmm. that. And there was one issue where they told you, um, I guess, her a, a different backstory for her. Oh, I didn't get to that. I gave up at four. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. I mean, I I liked that just because there were there were instances where they were going back to her origin where she was kind of behaving like herself once again and it was like, you know, a flicker in the night of what could have been and then but what it what it ended up doing instead of being like a sigh of relief, it really just showed you how much they had ruined her character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this is the way she could have been. This is the way you remember her, the way you liked her, and now she's a suicide girl. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, literally. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a moment in issue three where she and Deadshot. You know, they get a little sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which concludes with her calling him Puddin'. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I spit my coffee up when I read that this morning. I was like, oh, no, this is just not good. Um, on the whole, I'm sure we're going to get into Batman, which is mm-hmm. certainly the signature mm-hmm. uh, success of everything right. that's been done. A lot of others that we'll talk about, Aquaman, which mm-hmm. I, I just read today. Um, on the whole, I found it way too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, another character that got ruined for me is Zatanna. Justice League Dark, I see where they're going, but why? I, I realize she's your big magician character. Mm-hmm. A character whose 50-year history is one thing shoehorning it into something else because it seems to fit it doesn't quite work for me okay so for again i'm not the target audience mm-hmm. and so at a, at a certain point they were wanted to jettison that continuity and the the stragglers and the hangers on right and focus on something else so you you got mostly this is the last time i'll talk about this i swear um they solidified their base. They, they certainly boosted sales within the 25 to 35-year-old category, mm-hmm. particularly in lapsed readers who were now, as you guys were, now re-energized by the books. Right. 
they gained some small percentage of new new readers, mm-hmm. flushed out about the same number of old. Right. And so it's a qualified success. Obviously, their market share is so much better than it was before this began. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's good. It, was it, is it good enough to change things for 10 years down the road? We won't know for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'll shut up for now. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie, similar thing for you about the new Fifty Two. What was your opinion of it when you heard about it? Were, were you, you know, in what was your concreting like before it happened, etc.? Um, well, like a lot of it was characters, you know, that we'd been enjoying. Well, for the most part, um, and it's kind of like, well, what's gonna happen to this? What's, you know, you have this loyalty to. Um, the writers and the characters and the writers writing those characters. And when you hear about something new happening to it, the first thought is like, oh, God, oh, God, why? Why? (laughs) And change can be a good thing, but almost always the initial reaction when it's something you like that's being changed is you're going to be panic Mm -hmm. um, and dread and that sort of thing. Um and so, obviously, for a lot of these titles, it was kind of like, well, but what's going to happen? <laughs> um, and it was like our discussion about before Watchmen, though. You can't really, you know, count your chickens till they've hatched. And you're going to get some duds. You're going to get some gems. And I think overall, from um, for the most part, I've really enjoyed what they've done with the DC 52 because it's given me a chance to explore a lot of titles that I wouldn't otherwise have checked out. Um, I mean, Batgirl was obviously something that I've been a fan of for a long time um, and Wonder Woman and uh, Batman and um, a few of the other titles, but things like Aquaman, I would never have read animal man, never would have read it. Swamp thing, resurrection man, um, all kinds of things are things I never, ever would have read without this new relaunch. Right. And um, I've discovered a lot of characters that, again, like it, they've, they're they new and they make me want to go back pre-New 52 and kind of learn some more about them, even though they don't really fit into the new continuity. Mm-hmm. So I, I generally think, from my perspective... Um, even though, as uh, Bob said, you know, you win some, you lose some as far as readers go. Um, I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, look at Marvel. Like, Marvel's now trying to scramble to follow suit with Marvel Now and all that. So, obviously, DC's doing something right. The only difference is, I'll just throw my two cents in sure. here. Marvel is making a point, and their executives are making mm. a point, saying they are not rebooting their universe. Mm. Their continuity, whatever happened before, mm-hmm. still happened. Yeah, Captain America was in World War II. This happened. You know, they now have a new DC who's who mm-hmm. that lists the first appearance of Superman as Superman number one, right. not action number well, one from 1938. I don't think that they necessarily need to reboot their continuity, but Marvel needs to get their fucking shit together because there are so many X-Men titles, so many freaking Avengers titles oh, and agree. it's fr- frustrating. It's really, really frustrating. <laughs> I just want one or two tops. They need to like rein that shit in. Get <laughs> some new titles instead of 
just doing all these like spinoffs over and over and over again. I'm sick of them. They're both like, guilty of that. You have to, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's like Batman, seven Batman books. Right. <laughs> I mean, yes, but still, I mean, that does go out to them too. But like Marvel, especially, like. Oh, I agree. Ugh. And and my point of that more than anything else is if you force as a dollar and cents idea. If you force someone's purchasing into, well, to get this story, I have to buy Avengers Academy, Dark mm-hmm. Avengers, on and on and on. So I'm not sampling the rest of what you're putting out. If I get tired of somebody's Avengers arc and I quit, I've now quit seven or eight books and I'm not reading anything else to replace it. Right. That dollar goes to another company's books, maybe, or out of the industry entirely right. to some other medium. It's great to try to get that brand loyalty, but it should be to the overall universe and not a line, a through line of books. Right, Steve. What about you with the New Fifty Two? Um, New Fifty Two has been good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'm I'm somebody who wasn't really. I mean, I, I had comics, but they were mostly you know one and done trades, or I wasn't really following anything uh, until you know I volunteered to do this, but. Um, so it was a really great way for me to jump back into comics and get familiarized with some some characters that I knew, some characters I didn't know. Um, but for the most part, I mean, the, the continuity, uh, that comes up a lot. The continuity was a complete non-issue for me. Right. That a lot of people, you know, the, oh, they took my stories and, mm-hmm. you know, they ruined everything. I, I know nothing of that mm-hmm. because I just was not there. Right. You know, so um, I mean, I've kind of been like, you know, the the freshest set of eyes on all of this stuff. And it's been pretty, um, pretty amazing. The amount of I mean, I'm not like patting myself on the back or anything, but just the the amount of knowledge that I've acquired um, over this past year mm-hmm. um, through the use of the DC 52. I wish I had more of a knowledge of the old stuff so that I had something to stack it up against, but I almost feel like that that's worked to my advantage. Right. Because I don't mm-hmm. have the, like, I guess the cynicism mm-hmm. of yeah. some of some of the other fans. Um, but at the same time, I do read a lot in general that I'm able to, and I watch a lot of movies, so I'm able to recognize a lot of things that, like, you either you do or you don't do or you do them right mm-hmm. when it comes to writing. And, you know, there have been a lot of great books. There have been a lot of duds. Um, there are a lot of books that started out well enough that just failed after three or four issues and became uninteresting. I stopped buying them. Um, there were some right off the bat that were just awful. Deathstroke. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, like, I've, always, I've always said that I wanted to get into Superman just because, like, mm-hmm. for no particular reason, he's a huge icon within our culture, and yeah. I should know more about him mm-hmm. than just the bare bones crap or what I learned from Smallville, because right. that's not really, you know, <laughs> the most that's... accurate portrayal of him. But I found that, like, it's unfortunate that for him, I mean, I like I said, I haven't read Justice League, but I'm not reading action. I gave up after five issues. I thought the fifth issue was incredible, and then it just, they went into things... I had no idea, yeah. no idea who anybody was. They were talking about stuff that happened like 20 years ago. And I'm like, why did you do that to me? Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you were rebooting, you were restarting your universe. Mm-hmm. You had me. And then it was like right before you finished the arc, you completely threw the wool over my eyes with old stuff. And now that's what you're concentrating on mm-hmm. that you kind of, you hoodwinked me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I've been thinking a lot about this today, that there are so many great, you know, books um, in the DC 52. But I got to say that after thinking about it, my favorite one's got to be Supergirl. Um, it's not Superman, but it's like people like, do you read Superman? I said, no, I read Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Um, her journey has been, I, in my opinion, the most um, true to what the DC 52 was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That, you know, from the beginning starting off with a character who wakes up f- from a hypersleep, doesn't know where she is, what she's doing. She's just as clueless as we are yeah. as readers, especially a reader who I've never picked up a Supergirl comic. I know who she is just because, you know, I live in, I live in today's day and age. Yeah. <laughs> Can't not know who she is. Mm-hmm. But to have her presented to me in such a vulnerable fashion with plenty of action, which is another thing that some of these comics are are lacking, that there's a lot of, like, they're trying to set things up, but there's not much of a a payoff for for what they're building to. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the DC 52 in in and of itself has been a lot of fun for me. It's been a huge, um, like, learning tool. If 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 for anything any other reason to get me back into comics that I've been able to spread myself over to Marvel to Image and to all those other companies that you know the DC fifty two it might have kickstarted a whole nother you know uh, brand of DC comics but it also kicked me back into gear with being into the the whole comic culture mm-hmm. and I mean I've embraced it hook line and sinker and for yeah. the past year I've done nothing but this right yeah. Um, so they they got me hard, and they especially got my fucking dollar. Yeah, because <laughs> absolutely. Let me tell you, if I could have all the money back that I've spent on comics this past year, yeah, I would take you all on a nice cruise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, for me, I had never really been a hardcore comic book reader. I had read a little bit when I was a kid, and I had checked in and out when I had heard about you know cool stuff that was happening, or you know, like Brian who had been reading books would be like, "Oh, I have this book. Why don't you read it?" So. Or if Kevin Smith was writing a book, I'd check it out a little bit. You know, and when the movies would come out, especially once I got my iPad, which was right before this all happened, like when Green Lantern came out, I got Green Lantern uh, Rebirth. I read that. And when the death of Spider-Man was happening, I read that. But it, when I heard about the DC New 52, I was really excited. You know, because I was like, okay, I can, finally, I can finally get in and not worry about other stuff that's happened. I can sit down. I can pick up a number one. I can pick up Batman and read it, and I don't have to worry about other stuff that came before. Um, I can get into characters, like Stephanie had said, that I never would have thought about reading before, because they're there. You know, I never would have read Animal Man. Man. Never (laughs) would have read Animal Man, if it hadn't been for the New 52. Um, Probably Swamp Thing as well. And so I picked up those books, and I really loved them. Now, again, I I believe, especially now going over reading all these books I've been reading the last couple weeks, or last week or so, is some of the books failed... In their, in their messaging, you know some you know there there's there's it's one thing to be Green Lantern we we talked about a couple times which is Jeff Johns was obviously doing like some huge story and he was not going to be derailed on his story by this thing he was just not going to do it he'd spent too much time he had taken Green Lantern from being a nothing book at DC to making it the best selling book that they were putting out and he was not gonna he was not gonna waste that time and effort. Um, that's one thing. I, I think there's a problem in that inherently as well, but that's at least more understandable because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to kill the golden goose, and yes. that's basically what they were going to do with that book. But I mean, there have been other books that you pick up, like you pick up Deathstroke. You, you mentioned Deathstroke. Ugh. It starts out, and 
Deathstroke is a character that has existed. Like he has a history that you don't know. He has his his son is still dead, you know, and he's still struggling with that, and all. And his wife is this, and his, you know, it's it's still a thing, and all that history is still there. Like, and you pick it up, and you're like, I, I feel like I'm supposed to know who this character is, and a character like Deathstroke, especially who, to be fair, isn't even a character who should have his own book. He should be a character either on a team, or he should be a character that comes in and out of books because he's a badass character, but. He doesn't belong having his own book, you know. To make, to on top of that, make you feel like you're missing something from this guy, you know. To who, who I gotta tell you, I gotta. Even though he came way before, he looks like Deadpool, you know. Yeah. And his name is Slade Wilson, and Deadpool's name oh, is Wade, Wade Wilson, you know. So I remember I picked it up. I was like, this guy's like Deadpool, you know. He's just a not funny Deadpool. Um, he sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, now he's re- like, if you go back and you read older stuff, like if you read the uh, the Judas Contract, which is uh, his Teen Titans, big thing with him in Teen Titans with Terra and stuff. It, it, he's amazing in that, and he's great, and he's great Identity Crisis when he shows up. But it just doesn't work. And and to me, as a new fan, reading books like that were the things that I said I don't care because you're confusing me. I should not feel confused about what I'm reading. Now something like Batman. We, you know, Batman wasn't rebooted really, but do you really need to reboot Batman as long as in that first arc you don't make it about stuff that's just happened? You know who everyone knows who Batman is. Yeah. Everyone knows his deal. You find ways to introduce characters. It's almost like the way Marvel does every book, you know, or the way Mark Waid does every Daredevil issue. It's like you can start reading Daredevil number fifteen and not read number one, and you can still know who the character is. And that's what Snyder did with Batman, and, and it really works. Um, I will agree with you. I think Supergirl, Supergirl really blew me away when I read it, the first issue, because it's a character I never cared about. Like a character I th- I always thought, what, what's the point? She's just like little girl Superman, and I don't care about that. Like if I'm gonna read superpowered girl, wouldn't I read Wonder Woman? You know, and this is me not under- This is me mm-hmm. coming from a perspective of not right. knowing anything about these characters except seeing that horrible movie <laughs> and, and and you know getting yeah. little bits and pieces in cartoons and what have you. That book blew me away because. It really, it did what Superman wasn't doing, which was stranger in a strange land kind of stuff, fish out of water, person dealing with new things, and so it feels fresh to me. Uh, and that book has maintained its its quality all throughout. Um, and then there are books like, uh, you know, like The Flash, which I feel like have been, is a character I love, and I, I feel like The Flash has been excellent at times just okay at other times but it's been very consistent and it's done things with the character that people haven't done before it's given an identity and a reason for barry's powers that hasn't existed before and i think that's an interesting thing to do um for me overall i thought it was a success the the initiative and there are books too that surprised me like it's funny like i read suicide squad the first four issues during this whole thing and i actually i actually liked it and it and it's partly because I don't have connections to like I mean I have a connection to Harley obviously because I watched Batman the animated mm. series but I don't have like that great affection for her in a really deep way. I liked the setup of it. Mm. I liked the like they're like you know next issue someone's gonna die. It's a hook, right. yeah. You know, yeah. but and like I said, up until like through issue one through six, I actually I traded in a bunch of stuff from mm. DC fifty two. I kept those because okay. I did enjoy those. But once they started to cross over with Resurrection Man and they started to – it was like crossovers that you just – it's like taking one mediocre universe and crossing (laughs) over with another mediocre universe 
that you're just going to get something instead of something epic, you're going to get something epically mediocre. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Abs- that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes sense. Well, um, I think that's really been one of the problems with the storytelling storytelling in general here in as a pure reboot and if it was designed for new purely new readers mm-hmm. as opposed to lapsed readers if you're going to go with new continuity the decompressed nature of the storytelling as we've talked yeah. about a few times it's all seems so very stretched out over mm-hmm. way too many issues you, it there is still continuity as we've seen mm-hmm. you know, aquaman where yeah. it's still sort of there that Gail Simone did, that's still Barbara Gordon, and she was still in a wheelchair, but now is miraculously healed, which we're going to find out, I think, today, mm-hmm. what, what sort of happened. You're now still excluding people from really being able to jump on board. Right. And at now, okay, if I haven't read comic books before, I need to buy $12 worth of books mm-hmm. to sort out what should be one issue worth of story because it fits better in a, right. a reprint. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Um, Stephanie. Uh, why don't you let us, tell us a couple of your favorites uh, from the New 52? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I kind of touched on a few of them when I did my little spiel. But um, I, I think, like, the first and foremost, um, this one's probably my most surprising love of the DC 52, and um, that's going to have to be Animal Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect to like this series, let alone love it. And um, it's definitely taken spot at um you know numero uno for uh, my dc52 um that's i mean like i said i've been kind of not reading a few of the series because i've been um saving up some issues like i know i'm going to love batwoman but i haven't read it yet Mm because i've been saving up issues um again i dove into wonder woman today and well i do have issues with that still i've been enjoying that um Batgirl has been pretty extraordinary for me. And um, again, I, I, I talked about this the last time I was on the show, but to me, Gail Simone has done such an incredible job with this book. And um, she had an enormous weight on her shoulders, um, bringing back a character that um, everyone loved as Oracle. And I kudos to her because those people, internet trolls, oh, internet the internet reacts to everything yeah <laughs> and um they didn't really give her a very fair shot before you know yelling at her for you know whatever and um i i, I like what she's done with it um let's see what else have i really enjoyed <sighs> hmm. i mean you said you've been loving aquaman right yes i have been loving aquaman um and to me, there's a lot of backstory on that that I'm not familiar with, but I'm still able to enjoy it because I know enough about Aquaman to, you know, pick up on the things that, whatever. Um, when I when I've gotten when I've been reading comic books and now and always, um, it's always been one of those things where I know I'm never going to get everything that's referenced in the books. I haven't been reading comic books since, you know, they first started appearing. I wasn't born. I didn't have <laughs> hey, that wait, option. Is that a knock at me? Wait a minute. Always. Wait a minute. I'm not that old. No, 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 no. I'm not meaning that you, by you in any way. I just mean, you know, I didn't have that option to go back and read them. Right. I didn't have a lot of money going growing up or a comic book store to go to to even kind of experience that even if I'd wanted to. 
Um, so there's that sense of, I, I kind of um, just sort of assume that it's going to be one of those things that I won't always get. But thanks to the internet, if there's something really, really out of place, I can Google what's going on. And, um, you know, it'll let me know what I'm missing out on. And a Wikipedia page will fill me in on what I need to know. And then I can dive back into my book. Mm -hmm. So um, that was kind of a slight divergent from <laughs> no, it was perfect. the point. But um, there, there have been quite a few good titles from the DC-52. And um, I'm looking forward to, as I, you know, continue to collect more issues and start reading them adding more to that list again like batwoman because I, I feel like it from what i've heard it has a similar feel to um oh what was it elegy it does elegy it's elegy yeah is it just elegy yeah it's just elegy for some reason i thought it was more than that no. but um i loved the shit out of that mm -hmm. and from what i could grasp um from the panels i've seen it has a very similar feel and art mm -hmm. style and art direction yeah so, um, at the very least, I think I can appreciate J.H. William III's art. <laughs> You're lucky that um, that's another one that I was going to mention to you, that the fact that you have it in such a, an abundance now is going to read much, much better, especially the second arc. The second arc was much more complex than the first. It was much uh, harder to follow month by month. So the fact that you can just go on to the next issue is really going to help your enjoyment of that series, especially art-wise. It's phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I, I was feeling like a little bit like I'd fallen behind. I did fall behind, but I was feeling a little bit left behind, I guess, in the sense that I hadn't read them. But in a lot of ways, I'm kind of grateful that I did now because I'm getting a lot more all at once and picking up on a lot more things that I wouldn't have picked up on otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Now, Bob, we talked about Aquaman before. Mm -hmm. You just you actually read it all read just it all today. Yeah, today. So, what did you think of it? Well, I I think it is John's. So, yeah. what we have is a, a really nice exploration of a character, mm -hmm. which is been given short shrift over the years. I mean, right. some Peter David certainly took a really good shot at it, and mm -hmm. a few other people over the years. But it's mostly he's the eighth guy on the right in the Justice League lineup, right. yeah. and it's just it's that guy over there in the orange shirt. Um, he did not reboot his history. Mm -hmm. It's all there. It's yeah. the origin from the 40s when they ripped him off from the Submariner. It's yeah. all there. And, and But we get a different look at him, uh, what his powers should be if they were going to work, is some real tremendous moments where he foils a bank robbery. What's, what's he going to do? Yeah. He will flip over an armored car with his trident because, yeah. well, if he can live at the bottom of the sea, he's got to be pretty damn strong. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, he eats fish sticks, which yeah. who, who knew? Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> we get a great look at Mera mm -hmm. and, and some other powers that mm -hmm. she has, which yeah. is really cool. Um, yeah, she's awesome in that. I yeah. was really impressed with what they did with her. Yeah. And, she, and she likes puppies, which is which is yeah. good too. Uh, but that scene in the general store, where she's she's going for dog food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and something bad happens. I'm sure people who haven't read are going to catch up yeah. after we give this a plug here. Uh, she Mira takes, don't put up with no bullshit, yo. No, she takes care of business. She does not. She does not put yeah. up with any bullshit. Uh, and I now he's Jeff Johns is leaving. He said, uh, yeah, after issue 16, no. I believe. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen after that. No. That's too bad. Yeah. yeah. The book has been very good. And the art style, it's Ivan, Ivan Rice. Rice, Rice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very Neil Adams. Mm -hmm. 
And I have to say, after a few issues, I was getting, okay, I, I've seen that panel. Mm-hmm. I remember that in an Avengers or a Dead Man <laughs> or something. But it seems as if about five or six issues in, mm-hmm. he clicked and something, it, it's as if it went somewhere else. I guess yeah. once it got out of the trench. Once it got out of the trench. When they start, once they started with the second arc with the others and all this other yeah. stuff, it really starts to kind of come into its own much more. I'm very glad I read that. Yeah, it, it, it's got cool stuff. And, you know, it, it starts setting up, you know, Black Manta, who is the, the A number one Aquaman villain. Yeah. And, you know, he is obviously not a person with much remorse and has a, you know, he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. He's just a good old-fashioned bad guy, you know? And they've started to tweak, you know, the way that they're related and the way that the tragedy of both of their pasts kind of intersect. And we haven't explored the whole thing yet either, so we're going to see what happens. You know, you read through issue 12, and that was yep. the issue. There's an end the arc, and then we have issue zero, and then we have issue 13. So we have, like, another month before we can figure yep. out what ha- happens at the end of that. But <laughs> the art is beautiful, and Ivan Rice is the guy who, you know, collaborates with Johns quite a bit, and he really, I think they work very, very well together. Um, like I said, Mara is awesome, and that book really, it really has gone up the like the rankings for me and like in my brain of the new two books that I just absolutely love. I mean, Steve, you never went off it, and you said you've been no. really liking it, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I've been ever since I uh, decided. I think I started picking it up after the second or third issue. Okay. Because um, you had said the first issue was so great, yeah. and the online buzz was just, you know, oh my god. Yeah, and yeah. Eventually, I gave in, and I loved the like the like the horror movie monster feel of the first arc mm. and the threat that was uh, was going on, and then Mera, I just fell in love. She reminded me of like a badass Ariel of <laughs> yeah. the DC <laughs> yeah, universe. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. It could be her cousin or something like that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, She's just she's all business. Yeah, absolutely. And, she know, is. Yeah. She is. And I like I like those characters. I like seeing, you know, commanding uh female characters like that. I think it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she also drives home the point that they're not really human. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they don't think the same way as us and she just makes it like really apparent that you know yeah. she just drives home that point that she doesn't understand what humans are all about. Right. Um, when, when she confronts that, I can't, don't give too much weight, confronts that fella on the lawn yeah. when she's in the police car. Yeah. And it's, yeah. oh, what, why would you have remorse? He did this and yeah. will do that. Yeah. What's wrong with you people? Exactly, yeah. And I, I, do, I love the, the Aquaman feeling of where he just seems like annoyed by everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I'm tired of this. That's not who I am, yeah. you know? And I like the fact that, and again, it's good, the thing that John says great is that he has a past that's not so nice and he's trying to escape that past. He's trying to become a better person but he's still ashamed of the way he used to be and mm-hmm. I, I like that that dichotomy of character. Um, especially there's a moment early on where he has to do something that would seem out of character because it's the only way to solve yeah. the situation mm-hmm. and he's remorseful. The next yeah. issue, it happened to him. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. he feels something for having done that. Now, I, I have to get past that one, too. I yeah. keep doing these things mm-hmm. and yeah. have to move forward. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that um, we were talking about the whole Wonder Woman, Superman thing, and whether or not it's a good idea for heroes to get together as couples, that the whole Mera Aquaman thing kind of, you know, does away with that, at least for yeah. that book, that it not only does it work, but it's it's done and presented very, very well. Yeah. 
um, especially when some people from the past come into play mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, emotions mm-hmm. start to, to get a little out of whack mm-hmm. and she's got to play the role of, you know, jealousy and, and cementing her place in his life. Yeah. Um, it's done very, very well. And that's an example of when that can work. Yeah. Let um, me, let me, oh, sorry, go ahead, you Stephanie. just touched yes, on the Superman woman, Wonder Woman thing, but I'm assuming you talked about that when I was away, correct? Yeah, yeah we talked about it a little bit last week. I mean, did you, have you been reading Justice League? I haven't been reading Justice League, but I did read, like, this issue where okay. this came up. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say, like, for everyone who was freaking out, I don't know if you guys brought this up, but did you bring up Kingdom Comes, Kingdom Come in reference we, yeah, we, to the Superman Wonder Woman oh, romance oh, at oh, all? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, Bob did. That's right, yeah. Okay, perfect. So I was going to say, like, that shit's been done before already. Stop freaking out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, th- again, in an alternate universe you know <laughs> yeah. far far Let's in the future go. i also brought up the that burn and perez did it trading off issues and decided it didn't make any sense because <laughs> uh he's a he's clark kent it, it deals with who is superman mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. he kal-el or is he clark kent from kansas right and that depends on the writer's then perspective mm-hmm. in this case they're now saying he's an alien and mm-hmm. so he can date a goddess as mm-hmm. opposed to the other creators who went no that doesn't quite work gotcha. now uh what i wanted to jump in on this was this at the baltimore comic-con last weekend because i was describing this superman wonder woman thing as fan fiction and i've been saying about a lot of these things that have been <laughs> going on dan didio when his av went out decided to just sort of wing some statements and came out with this genius thing <laughs> when the new 52 began writers were told to write as if they were writing fan fiction now, that has a very negative connotation to those of us in my generation. It's the reverse of Len Wein's story about, you know, the first story you do as, as a pro, last story, blah, blah, blah. I've yeah. said this over and over again. Now, Scott Snyder has come to defend him, but since Scott Snyder is Scott Snyder, it, it means something else. And his, his is, essentially, he was telling us to write the absolute best stories we could with the characters but also to be unafraid of telling the stories that we would love to see ourselves if we could only have one story of that character ever. To me, fan fiction is essentially someone writing their absolute favorite story for the character, something true to the character's core, but sometimes taking the character to unexpected or unconventional places. Great, if you can do that properly. Well, yeah. Right. And he, he's the person who did yeah. that. He took Batman, but never was untrue to the core of mm-hmm. Batman. But if now we're saying Catwoman, no. Certainly not. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a little bit of an extrapolation to blame all the fault of any writer on this one statement by you know, Dan Didio. No, no. You no know. but if, if you're putting out there to a group of writers, you're having your convention, mm-hmm. in, in essence, of bringing all your writers together. Here's our mission statement write the thing that you'd want to see these yeah. characters do. But it, and say you're being true to the core. Well, is, was that Catwoman true to the core? Is that Zatanna true to the core? Is that Wonder Woman true to Marston's Wonder Woman? Maybe not. Maybe not. But it, it, for me, like, uh, Catwoman's obviously a, a failure. I think most people agree on that. Um, you know, 
is the Zatanna in Justice League Dark the Zatanna from before? No. But uh, in the book, she's not really she's not objectified in that book. She might dress a little scantily, but she's never put up as like a sex pot in, in that book, okay. you know? She's <laughs> just sort of emo. Yeah, she's sort of emo. Yeah, yeah. What, um, And the Wonder Woman thing, I think, is... I think that's more up for debate. I think that... I, I, I would much rather see... Um, writers now again this is good writers doing stories that they believe in rather than them just kind of zombieing along with the company line you know now do i want them to go crazy out of sorts with with the character and like you said being mm-hmm. on model absolutely not but i think you don't sometimes it's hard to get great stories if you don't have a couple of missteps along the way you know maybe the next writer on catwoman does has the same mindset as judd winnick but comes up with something completely different and it works great, you know? We can only hope. You know, that's... (laughs) So, you know, that's the the only Mm -hmm. thing I'd say about that. Like, I think fan fiction, yes, has a negative connotation, but the truth is these people have been reading these characters for so long, you know, and they're so ingrained that, yeah, they're, they're professional writers... But in a sense, th- that's what they're doing. You know, it's they, they have been fans of these people and these characters for however long. So in some ways, you are kind of writing that story you probably thought of when you were a kid and you were reading Batman. You know, Scott Snyder's like, I always wanted to do this thing where I created this thing and that thing. So I think it, it does have negative connotation, but I think it can also have... I, I think it's just Dan Didio speaking without eloquence, which is kind of his deal, you yeah. know? <laughs> But, I mean, it's a good point to bring up because, I mean, obviously you talked about that before and Dan Didio kind of solidified that yeah, opinion yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm going to send him a check. In one. <laughs> um, Steve, what, about, what are some of your favorites? Uh, so my, well, I've already said uh, Supergirl is probably at my top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Animal Man, of course. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of fun with Aquaman. Uh, the Flash, as I've only read, I think, maybe the first five issues. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying it. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... One of my other absolute favorites of the DC New 52, uh, which is newer to it, is World's Finest. Uh, Um, I've been having so much fun with World's Finest. Uh, Everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of the more uh, girl hero-centric books. Um, It's it's like a buddy comedy, but with... Like real, real situations and consequences, and like big action. But there are moments in that book where it's like you get to take a breath, and it it could be the stupidest little thing—not even stupid, but just the smallest thing—could make me smile in the middle of that book, where the the two girls are just—it's one whole page of them just having a conversation, standing next to each other, while one of them's you know moving around on a clipboard or reading things off. And the other one takes their super breath and blows on the clipboard and the, the pages go all over <laughs> right. the place. And the other one just looks at them and is like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> with, with everything going on, you mm-hmm. had to do that right now? I love moments like that because for me, it's a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Yeah. And then two pages later, we're right back into the shit with them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's game on all over again. But it has those little breaks and those little like rest stops yeah. um, that you get. Um in a time when we are oversaturated with <laughs> vampires and everybody's sick and tired of them, I Vampire has been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, hu- werewolves, vampire hordes, Batman killing vampires showing up <laughs> wow. in a in a very like in a good way, not in a stupid like oh it's Batman he's doing you know it, it was actually it was really handled pretty damn well. Um, 
And then the the big arc that they that they just did, and they they tied it in with um, Justice League Dark. It was really cool. Um, so it's been really solid. Uh, something I'd never uh, read before: Frankenstein, Agent of Shade. Uh, I've been loving it. I can't wait for the next issue. I've been with it the whole way. Uh, Matt Kent has done a, a, a flawless job of moving over from uh, taking over for Jeff Lemire. Uh, obviously, the two of them are friends and had talked about the series, but um, very little has changed from one to the other. It was it was pretty seamless, so I, I find that impressive. Uh, Batman and Robin is responsible for Damien becoming one of my favorite characters in the Batman universe, yeah. so I got to give it up for that. Batman and Robin is responsible for me spending like eighty dollars in trades <laughs> with Grant Morrison stuff because I love that character so much. Yeah, and a character I did not like at the beginning of reading Batman and Robin. And honestly, the only reason I started reading it again was because when we had Scott Snyder on the show, he talked about how much he liked it and how much he liked Mm -hmm. Peter Tomasi and how he thought he was a very underrated writer and he just kind of... It's like the workman-like writer who writes all these good books, but nobody seems to like give him any credit. And it's been great. I mean, this last arc has not been fantastic, but the the whole first nobody arc was really, I think spot on well yeah i mean it, it it clearly if you didn't know who damien was before that it gave you a, an instance where you now know like you saw what he was capable of with with the nobody arc that they they tell you that he's done this in the past yeah that with with what you saw of him in that arc you could without even reading it you can then apply like the the weight and the 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 emotion uh, of all of that, and the disappointment in the father and the son whole that whole situation, yeah. you could imagine what that must have been like previous. And not to say that you shouldn't go back and read it, you should. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't, you still get a sense. You don't feel lost on that. Oh no, absolutely you not. Know, I hadn't read those, no. and with the nobody arc, when I saw what Damien was capable of. And they're like, well, this isn't the first time you've done this. It's yeah. like the third time that you've done this. And I'm right. like, shit. Yeah. Like, now I kind of understand why they're so concerned. Yeah. He's kind of a, of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so smart. Mm-hmm. He's so smart that, like, there are times when I feel like he's the smartest person in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And they're all there. Yeah. You know? And they're all, you know, arguing and talking to one another. And the whole time that he's standing up for himself, he's calculating in the back of his mind he's still working on all of the issues and while they're all arguing with him and making him feel bad for the way that he like what um batman's had to put up with because of him he's like yeah well you know the whole time that you guys were bitching at me for doing this one thing that if i didn't do it some really bad crap was gonna happen i figured out what we're gonna do and what our next step is Mm -hmm. what have you been doing right yeah um Especially in uh, Batman Incorporated is another uh, comic where he's uh, – that's another one of my, my favorites now of the yeah. DC 52. Um, it's just – it's really engaging yeah. and it's it's violent but the violence has, has a purpose. Instead of it just being this like the violence that happens, it lends to the, the sinister nature of, of the threat. Mm-hmm. Were you just laughing, Stephanie? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I think I bumped something. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, Wonder Woman, uh, switching gears, Wonder Woman has been pretty good. Um, I love all the, the mythology stuff. I wish that there was a little bit more action, and I don't mean action in what Bob was talking mm-hmm. about earlier with the, the Amazonians and all that stuff, but just 
a little bit less of her interior monologue, like the issue where she, she like there's like a bunch of stuff just happened. She goes to a rock concert where a lot of people appreciated that issue. I was like, um, I don't really want to read five to six pages of her at a rock concert. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see her take some action. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like her character in the series has been very subdued and that as, as decent, I don't want to say as good, but as, as decent as it's been, um, I don't feel like we've gotten to the core of who Wonder Woman is yet. Uh, for what I know of her, I don't feel like we've gotten the chance to see her shine mm-hmm. just yet. Um, I think it's coming, but um, it's just not there for me yet. Um, and the la- last one that I'll, uh, we've mentioned before that I absolutely fell in love with and would not have read if it wasn't for the DC-52 is Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought anything about Swamp Thing. I thought that he was just a walking plant, <laughs> you know? Um, and I know that some really great people had covered him before, but I, again, I just I didn't care. Yeah. Um, but with the what got me was really um, Yannick Paquette's. Uh, I mean Scott, Scott Snyder obviously is a, he's an incredible writer, but the art is what roped me into Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Just the the panels, the layout. Some people have said that it was confusing, that it was too busy. Um, I personally, I find the world that he that he plays within to be very complex, to be very confusing, and to be quite it's huge mm-hmm. it's the very essence of of our of our lives yeah. like it's you know the green is is part of man it's part of our our origin as a species that something like that would have to be complicated would have to be represented in a really big mm-hmm. way and i don't think that it's so complicated that you can't follow it no i don't think so either. um i mean i've run into plenty of comics where i've read uh you know a bubble or a panel ahead that i wasn't supposed to read because i couldn't follow yeah the structure the, 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 the structure yeah, the yeah, order yeah. of it you know i'm getting much better with mm-hmm. it now but um i don't know it's just it was really engaging it was really raw um and it's got a really good love story uh mm-hmm. yeah, in the does. back for all the action yeah. and for all the cerebral stuff it's got a really um he cares about um i don't want to ruin anything but like he he He's in, yeah, he's yeah. in he's in love. Yeah, and um, I think underneath all of that, that that's it's really cool that that's still, you know, a major major part of what drives him because he wasn't even going to do it. Yeah, until he fell yeah. in love. Yeah, the, the the great thing about Snyder's Run on Swamp Thing is that I think it's at least the first six or seven issues he's not Swamp Thing. He's just mm-hmm. Alec Holland. And he takes his time into reintroducing the character and him taking up that mantle, and it just really works. You know, it really means something. And when it finally happens, and he kind of, you know, shows off his power, it's a great like, you know, fuck yeah moment. You know, Um, well, when that happened, I mean, we were podcasting about it. Like we were, you and I, when we were reading off the books, we were like, "This is the one." Yeah, this is the one. (laughs) And the next week, we came back. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, we've mentioned many of the ones that are, would be on my, my top. Uh, uh, Green Lantern, which I've been reading through. I I was not crazy about the, the first five issues. It hit issue six, and it just kind of hit another level for me. Uh, it, it started playing back on much of the stuff that he had worked on before. It ties in heavily to Blackest Night, like I said, and uh, just really started filling out and you know starting to incorporate the other other Lantern Corps and, 
you know, the history of Hal and, you know, Avansor and Sinestro is such an interesting character. He, he's, to me, one of the most interesting characters in comic books. He is such a, a struggle and such mm-hmm. a, a person who, a character in a, who thinks he's doing the right thing. He, he wants to do the right thing. Those are the best villains. You know, he just has, like, his idea that his way is the only way that you can do the right thing is what leads him down the path that he ends up down. And this story is much about his redemption as a character. And so it's very interesting stuff. Um, you know, it's obviously that, obviously that Johns loves the character of Hal Jordan, so there's good stuff with him, um, good stuff with Carol and, uh, and kind of her, her star Sapphire stuff. So it's really starting to shape up into something I think quite great. They started bringing back Black Hand and stuff, so it's become something a, a, a lot more. Um, I, I mentioned uh, Suicide Squad before, how I kind of was into the first... I don't read the first four issues, so I don't know what happens after that, but I think the character of Deadshot is a really cool character. It's a very grim book. It's very tough. It's very dirty. And I, I, can, I know that can turn off you know, people like, Bob, you don't yeah. like that kind of stuff. But you know, I don't want that to be all my books, but I, I like that in that book. Um, I think uh, Nightwing has been very, very good. Uh, I love the character of Dick Grayson and both when he, in his own book with Kyle Higgins and when he pops up in Batman, I think he's been a character that's been treated very, very well in the DC 52. I, I will say this. I, I think that uh, Captain Adam, w- which is a book that is not great. It's not a great book. But I think it's better than what it got credit for in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, I find some of the conceits of it to be very interesting, that he is very much this Dr. Manhattan kind of character, except where Dr. Manhattan is a super genius who's kind of lost his touch with humanity. Captain Adam is this guy who's basically made of pure science at this point, but he's a pilot. He's not a scientist. So he's a normal guy who is thrown in this position of being a being of pure science who can create anything he wants, but he doesn't know how to create them because he doesn't know the molecular structure of water or this or that. Um, and he also has a deep connection with humanity. Like one of the, the the third issue or something or second issue of Captain Adam is he goes into this person's brain who has cancer and he's trying to flush the cancer out of their brain. Uh, there's some good stuff there. The book is not fantastic and the villain they set up is not great, but the tenets of it are pretty cool. And I kind of feel that same way about Resurrection Man, where I think the idea of Resurrection Man is very cool. And I think the idea of him is cool, but I think that they kind of screw up with the characters surrounding him. And they also do a thing in that book where they're like, oh, you should know who this guy is. Like, he has a history. Yeah. And you're just confused. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think people read comic books know Resurrection Man is. No, so, I have no clue. Who <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also got to say, I read the first arc of Stormwatch, and I liked it. I, 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 there are things about it that I really, really liked. The first arc of Stormwatch was really cool. Mm. If you, the third, I think Brian was actually with me at my house when I read the third <laughs> issue. And he was sitting on my computer and I put it down. He looked over at me. He's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. And he's like, you just read Stormwatch. And I'm like, it was fucking great. He's like, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really really cool. I felt like I'd found like a cosmic book inside mm-hmm. of the DC fifty two, but I mean maybe you'll feel differently. But I gotta tell you, after a while, 
the second arc, I just found that I didn't care. I also started reading Fantastic Four at that point, <laughs> and I I traded up for Fantastic Four over Stormwatch. Yeah. I like the bizarre nature of the book. I like that they have all these characters who have like utterly ridiculous powers, and they're all thrown together. And there's people like the, the Adam character who has been around for since the beginning of the universe. And yeah. He's aging backwards, and you know th- there's. Um, I think she's called the projectionist. Uh, yeah, the media girl. The media girl, and she can like she can sense and manipulate all media. There's like the god of cities. He, he talks to cities, and he can talk to, like their auras and stuff. And it, it just is very Martian Manhunter, obviously. But there's some really cool stuff about it. And there's a homosexual relationship in the book. Yeah. And it's funny because wow. it's there. It was there since issue like and five. You, know, you never heard about you it. Never heard yeah. a word about it. You know. And I, I was like, oh wow, this is here. You know. Um, it reminded me a lot. It's Paul Cornell. It reminded me a lot of Demon Knights. You know, like a futuristic Demon Knights. Mm-hmm. Which Demon Knights is the book I liked as well. I did not keep up with it. I have to say, um, it got lost in the money crunch shuffle. It was just yeah. I got to leave something behind. It's going to be this. Um, that book was really cool. I liked that book a lot. I just couldn't. I just didn't keep up with couldn't it. Couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford it. It's exactly right. Um, so I find it interesting there's no Superman in action comics. No. Which is their flagship character, but I guess isn't anymore. It's Batman. Yeah. I, the first three or four action comics I really liked, and then it just, like Steve said, it just started going all these bizarre places that it just didn't it make sense to me. It was number six. Yeah. Number five yeah. was that origin issue where yeah. it was the destruction of Kryptonia. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. And then... They went back into the thing, and it was like, oh, if you didn't check out this issue of this, you might have missed the events that started this. Uh. But now we're going to bring these people who are here from, you know, 250,000 years in the past, and you're just supposed to know who they are. Yeah. And I was completely lost, and I said, you know what? That's it. Yeah. They I was elite. lost with action comics and Superman, like at number one. I didn't give two shits for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with you on Superman. I liked action for those first couple issues, but um, yeah, Superman number one, it, the whole that whole run is just not very good. Boo! It's not very interesting. It's just him punching things. I mean, Stephanie, what are some of the other ones you just did not like? Um, well, obviously, like the biggest one I hated was Catwoman, and uh, Judd Winnick is now yum, leaving yum, DC yum, altogether. So, oh, really? yay! Don't ruin any more of my favorite characters. <laughs> jerk Wait, he's blog. done. He's... Um, pardon? No, no. What'd you just say? I missed it. Oh, I said he's leaving DC Comics, so now he can't ruin any more of my favorite characters. Nice. Yeah, he's done with them. And um, uh, but to that extent, um, that all that this is just a sidebar, I guess, but. Um, all that shit that was going on about the new Zero cover for Catwoman, they changed the cover. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. So um, they've made it less button boobs in the same proximity. <laughs> the, the, just, the yin-yang. Yes. Are they going to use Kate Beaton's cover? Because hers was pretty funny. <laughs> well, hers was fantastic. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, they've, made it, they've yeah. changed it so that it's more... Uh, anatomically correct. <laughs> That's nice. I Bone guess. structure. Um, yeah. But anyways... Books that I hated. I think those kind of outweigh the books that I liked, actually. But yeah, Catwoman was definitely the biggest one on that la- list with um, Suicide Squad very, very close behind it. Um, I think the rest of them, what, I guess when I say hate, I don't really mean hate. They just sort of were meh. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care. I read like an issue of them and then I knew I didn't want anything else to do with them. 
And of course, those are things like Hawk and Dove and Men of War and Deathstroke. And um, there's a few things that are still kind of up in the air for me. Like I've, I've been reading All Star Western, and um, um, I'm going to get into Red Hood a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if those will hold my attention, but they're they're definitely not on my hate list yet. So that's something. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, for me. Uh, Savage Hawkman is horrible. It's horrible. And it's horrible whether mm-hmm. Tony Daniel is writing it or Rob mm-hmm. Liefeld is writing it. It doesn't matter. That book is just trash, you know? And honestly, the ones for me that are, are the worst are I share the similarity of being very surface, very on the nose, very, you know, it's just m- immature, you know? And more mm-hmm. than just their violence, just in the way that they're written, you know? There's nothing deft about the way they're being written and that's not because they're trying to be all ages it's because they're just trying to be dumb and i just do not want anything to do with that like hawk and dove is a dumb book it is not a book where i would be like oh my god that book sucks but it's just dumb there's no reason to read it the characters are not interesting there's nothing redeeming about it you know um static shock was a big miss uh, on their part um and then, Stephanie, I do agree with you. The rest of ones I don't like are very much more meh to me. Mr. Terrific is just whatever. Um, it's got interesting ideas, but doesn't execute on any of them. Uh, Voodoo, which Steve was reading at, at the beginning, um, is, is something where it's such a mixed bag of like six different genres thrown into one. It's a villain book, essentially. So it's a character you don't care about because she just kills people. Like she just. I was, kills I was done after issue two. Yeah, I had to read the third one yeah. just for the sake of, of sticking to the plan. Yeah. But after <laughs> after that second issue, where it was just like, oh, I'm gonna sleep with this person, yeah. and it means absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring the story no. anywhere. That was just oh. 26 pages of somebody getting boned, and that was it. Well, oh, she's like, oh, like Catwoman or 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 Starfire in Legion. <laughs> yeah. Right, but it turned into an uh, outer space whore. Yeah. See, I have a different opinion of Catwoman. I know. Well, I want. I want to yeah. hear it too. But I just want to okay. talk about Voodoo for one second. She's just the N- Natasha Hentridge character from Species. That's what she is. Huh. It basically is That's what true. she does. You know. Um, but yeah, give us your opinion on Catwoman because I know you had a different one. Well, I used to. Here's the thing. I I completely agree. Now, mm-hmm. now I completely <laughs> agree. Um. But I mean, I, I, I knew that that like, Catwoman was one of those books that was kind of in the hot seat the whole the whole time it's been out. Um, in the beginning, I mean, there were even times I think once or twice where Catwoman was my favorite book of the week when we were doing this a while ago. But um, in the first arc only, mind you, um, aside from all the bat sex and all the the uh, promiscuity of the book. There was a more human element to it when, I mean, I guess we could talk about it now, where she lost her her friend. She yeah. was responsible for her death entirely, and she took it really hard for for several issues. And there were issues where she was going through a lot of doubt and a lot of questioning as to, you know, who she is and realizing that her actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the only thing that was really, you know, <laughs> keeping me to the book. Um, I can't remember his name, but as soon as they, they introduce this, this new arc with this new dude, this electro static guy, electric, whatever the hell his <laughs> name was. 
And it's like an issue and a half. She's like, ah, I'm going to sleep with you too. (laughs) And it's just, it was like abundantly clear, like a smack in the face of just this is all this book is. Mm-hmm. And there's there was two pages in particular. I actually posted pictures of it on my Twitter that it was every every pose that you could possibly put her in for the span of two pages. I think there was like six different poses mm-hmm. where it's like cleavage shot, ass shot. Um just, she's taking stuff off. She's naked behind, you know, silhouette, whatever. It was just it was sex, 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 sex. And the guilt of losing that friend seemed like she had like fucked it away, mm-hmm. and that and that was it. And she's not stealing stuff, or what she's stealing is uninteresting. Um, and it just became really, really, really just a, a bastardization of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up mm-hmm. hating it, and I don't collect it anymore. I haven't collected it for several issues. I don't think it so much became as just started out with, but yeah. <laughs> Well, like I said, it was, it, I think it was always bad. I just, I love, I've loved Catwoman for so long that I was like scratching and searching for any kind mm-hmm. of like redeeming quality. And I did, I still hold to it. I did like, even if I went back and read them again, I did like the guilt and that, that more human side of her. But then once they got rid of that, once she was over, like over it, they went right back into everything about it that I didn't like, mm-hmm. and then it just became a book that I didn't like. Right, right you're right, scratching, right. clawing, and searching for perfection. <laughs> I guess um, maybe Jeff Johns perfection. will do something with her in Justice. Well, wait, that seems what Justice League America is about. Just about characters who've been treated badly right. in other yeah. books. Getting, well, she's getting a new writer, right? Yeah, and Nasetti, the person who's writing Green Arrow right now. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I might check it out because mm-hmm. I mean that happened with. Um, Batman the Dark Knight where yeah. that was a mess mm-hmm. and then they brought on um, Hurwitz Hurwitz and I've been loving it not only is it a scarecrow arc which is he's my favorite villain but at the same time it was like like I said it was nasty it was psychotic yeah and that's for a different spin on a bat for a dark ass Batman book that's what I wanted mm-hmm. and that's what I got with the new writer so I'm I'm gonna try to remain hopeful that the new writer will take her mm. and spin her. And I don't like the fact that they're keeping the same artist though. Cause I do believe they need to change that. Cause if he's going to keep on doing this whole, you know, half costume unzipped thing, <laughs> fuck that. Like yeah. I not interested in that. I have to, but to me, Sorry. I think Sorry. a lot of that is the writer mm. telling, yeah. I mean, a lot of good writers let their artists kind of interpret the script and then go from there. But I think a lot of it, and in the case of Judd Winnick's writing, it was, it seemed to me that it just went along with what was happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, on the same line, you're talking about Batman, the dark Knight, uh, detective comics, which hasn't been good. It's, it, yeah. um, is getting a new writer as well. Uh, the guy who writes Chew is taking it over. So nice. That should be interesting too. I mean, there's some stuff coming up that I think is going to be, uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Bob, Spe- speaking of messes, earth yeah. two, Oh, earth two is isn't bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I mean, and, the the first three pages, Superman, Batman, yeah. Wonder Woman saving the Earth. Mm-hmm. Great, we're, we're getting to a, yeah. uh, fell apart almost instantly. Yeah, actually, Steve was uh, tweeting, twittering pictures from that one. Oh God, yeah, in the mm-hmm. store last week yeah. with this hideous shot of Wonder Woman, and there, I found one on the page before where you have to sort of course shoot her from behind <laughs> so you can see her. 
but they they badly mishandled the Green Lantern thing. Yeah, made a big production number out of it, and then wiped the character out. Oh, that was eight ho- eight panels in um, the next issue. I could not believe for like days. I was sitting there stunned at <laughs> the. Just the the joke that that was, that so many people had made such a big deal out of it with them coming out. Like, you know, Marvel did their thing. Mm. We're going to do ours. And it was so rushed. Yeah. And then to take the character out of the equation like that, it was like, it really felt like a a huge PR move. And it's like, listen, do us a favor and, you know, throw this in really quick so that we can sell some books. Right. And then guess what? You won't have to worry about it. Yeah. Because we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, and it just, that was one of the weeks where I was not happy with DC. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we, they've never gone anywhere with most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. They not. introduce them and uh, haven't, we haven't seen the Flash do anything no. since he yeah. got yelled at by Hawkgirl. <laughs> uh, I wanted that to be good. I'm a big fan of the old Earth 2 concept. I know these aren't those same people. It would have been fun to start to reinvestigate the multiverse. Right. Is that now the fallback position? That's their Earth too. I, yeah, I don't know. And it's even James Robinson who's written yeah. that before, right? Yeah, so Golden Age, which, yeah. he did, which was wonderful. Yeah. So it's 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 weird. Um, I want to go into listener stuff. Is anything? Ah. Anybody has anything else they want to say before we move on? No, uh, no, I'm good. Okay, good. Stephanie, what about you? I am good. Okay, so let's let's hear some. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, what? Fury of Firestorm. All right, yeah, you love that okay. book. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. All right. Stephanie, why don't you give us some uh, tweets from the good folks at home? Yes. So lots of you read the DC New 52. So um, here's some of your reactions to (laughs) the books. The books. Um, So Cameron M., who is Sigma 6, said his favorite, Batman, obviously. (laughs) So good. So good. He didn't write that part. That's just my commentary. (laughs) That's all of our comments. And the worst, Men of War or Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. I guess those are tied. Fighting Transformers in the street. <laughs> I've read both of those books, and he's not far off on either one of them. Um, um, oops, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was saying, go ahead. Oh, well, Adam, is step, is step, is step, is step. <laughs> Keep saying it. Maybe one day. <laughs> he sent us an email so he could send us a slightly longer list, but he liked Batman, Aquaman. Animal Man, basically all the things with man in the title. <laughs> I'm kidding. He also said Swamp Thing, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Justice League Annual. The last few pages are awesome. Or just read online what Booster Gold's new mission is to save the universe. It's hilarious. Oh, and then he says, anyone. we will talk oh. more once you see what his new job is. Okay. So, there's that. And he said he disliked Justice League. Which was more of a disappointment, but he's still buying it because he's interested in what's coming up with the whole JLA and all of the other Lantern books. So, hmm. there's that. All right. Um, Colin Parfit, who is Mr. Parfit, um, who spelt favorite properly with a U. <laughs> yeah, right, wow. spelling things. <laughs> Anyways, if he'd written color with a U, too, I would have just been like... Ooh. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, again, favorite, which I think is going to be a trend, is Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, least in fav- least favorite, again, with a U, is uh, Hawk and Dove, which oh. he also included a shudder behind. Because, you know, <laughs> it was just, ugh. <laughs> um, we agree. Let's see. Repstones, who, as you guys probably know, is one of our Twitter regulars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, his favorites are... Uh, 
Batman, Animal Man, and Swampy. Um, and he also wrote <laughs> Batman and Robin and Nightwing are solid too. Um, David Short, who is one of our contributors. Wait, yes. Yes, um, that's correct. No, I was looking at the name for a second, and then I, I thought it was something else entirely. But um, his favorites, Swamp Thing, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Animal Man. And Superman is the only one he's extremely disappointed in. So I think we're with you there, David. Yeah. Um, let's see. A lot of them are very, very similar. You know, we've got um, a lot of Batman. We've got a lot of Swamp Thing and Aquaman and all that. Um, Kirsty, who is Ex Libris on Twitter, um, switched it up by adding um, her favorite title as Batwoman. Um, yes. As well as Batman and Justice League. And, of course, like so many others, Deathstroke did nothing for her. <laughs> um, it's hard to like a character that when you promise that something's going to come and kick his ass, mm-hmm. and then he, he beats it up within half a page, mm-hmm. that's that's oh. not good. That's yeah. not good comic book. No, writing, it's sorry. not. Um, let's see. And the last bo- comment we have is from, uh, I want to say... David, but I think, I don't know, it's spelled with an A, so Devad? Devad. <laughs> um, anyways, he just wanted to say that he's so disappointed with the direction that Firestorm took. Heavy violence really put him off, and a lighter approach could have been fun for it. So, um, those are your comments for the most part, so keep in touch on Twitter, and we ask things all the time, and we ask things that we want you to interact with us on for the podcast, so... Keep up and keep interacting because we like reading stuff and I like saying names and you yeah. know, for the most part messing them up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of names <laughs> oh, and, and interactions, I don't. I, I, I don't like messing them up, but I think it's become a thing. It has become a thing. Um, so uh, Craig, who last week wrote in about the Batman, uh, come about his friend saying Batman's not a superhero. Yes. Oh, right, right. Um, he said, hi there, guys. Thanks for the backup last week. My colleagues <laughs> continue to dispute, but I can rest easy at night knowing that they are wrong and I'm not crazy. Um, for me, the 52 has given me a whole mess of questions and no answers. Do I need to read, have read Flashpoint to understand how the 52 works? Is it a reboot or a relaunch? Do DC, does, does DC even know? Um, it can't be a full reboot as some continuity is still in place. Um, does DC have a timeline that's similar to the one that Marvel uses? I need a map. I'm lost. It says, don't even get me started on what they've done with Superman. I understand they need to attract new readers. I just feel that DC has flushed a lot down the toilet and cast aside loyal, long-standing readers and Lois. He's, I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I don't mean to sound negative. I guess I'm just a little lost. I must admit, I'm excited to see what Marvel does with Marvel now. I foresee myself becoming a Marvel convert. Um, I did not write that letter, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this you do not have to read Flashpoint to understand what's going on in the 52 um, it's a good read I recommend that you read it because it's a good it's a good miniseries um, but you don't need to read it to understand what's going on um, uh, as of yet I don't know what, how they're yeah. going to incorporate it at some point it seems like they still have those hooks in the universe so we'll see what happens um, you know it's a reboot it's just they were very confusing about their timeline structure I'd say, and I think everybody kind of needs a map mm-hmm. about w- what they're doing. Well, I think when they began, when you hear some of the history of it, they didn't know themselves. It seemed no. to change by yeah. the week. Yeah. As, well, we have to do this, but well, what about that? And how are we going to sort this out? And now they have a quilt right. that isn't quite all sewn together yet. So mm-hmm. we may not know for a year 
yeah. past where we are now, even if this is all together yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the who's who is going to help matters any. No, I think it's, I think it's just making people angry. <laughs> people with continuity hounds angry. Um, we got uh, from Sean, he wrote in with a couple of his uh, favorite books. And um, a lot of it's the same as, you know, obviously what we've talked about. Um, but he does say that uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, he said he thinks the first three or four issues are, are weak. But once it got past that, once it got its stride, he said it's become a really fun, solid book and a book he looks forward to picking up every huh. every month. So I have heard that as well. I've heard that the, it, that book has hit its stride. Um, we had an entry question from Pedro who said, Hello, I'm Pedro and I'm a fan of your podcast. And because of all your fantastic reviews, I'm interested in starting some Marvel comics, but don't really know what books I can jump onto. I'm a longtime DC fan and have been collecting Green Arrow, Batman, Justice League, etc., and I've never really gotten into Marvel because I've always felt there was always so much history and a new reader like myself could not really jump on. I really appreciate any suggestions you have. Thank you. So, Steve, yes. any suggestions for Pedro about books to pick up from Marvel? Books to pick up from Marvel. Hmm. I mean, I'll say right away, if you like Green Arrow, start buying Hawkeye. Oh, well, Hawkeye, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, give me a second. Let, yeah, me, sure. let, me, let me think about it. Um, Stephanie, do you have any suggestions? Uh, I'm kind of in like DC Bob? mode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. You know what? I have pictures of my weekly hauls on my phone, <laughs> so I'm gonna look at those. Oh, Journey into Mystery. Mm-hmm. Journey into Mystery. Um, absolutely. Uh, it's not that big of a run. It's maybe twenty something. Something books. like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's really, really good. Um, it's got a lot of that like Norse mythology to it. Um, Kid Loki is an absolutely uh, just spectacular character. A great version uh, of Loki. Uh, it's got Thor kicking ass. Uh, it's very much picture it like Loki being a kid, but being like the James Bond of Midgard. <laughs> um, and, and, very much like that. And Asgardia, like mm-hmm. he he's wheeling and dealing. He's double crossing people left and right. Like you, it gets to the point where, as a reader, you don't even know if you can trust him, even though you're there with him every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it. It ties into some things, but it's things that are very easily uh, you could. It's very easy to pick them up. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not know anything of the universe before I started to read that stuff, and I fell into it just fine. And I'm kind of a mess, so if I can do it, you can do it, <laughs> um, Bob. Uh, well, I would say if he's a fan of sort of ground level characters, mm-hmm. that Daredevil is certainly yeah. somewhere to go. Absolutely. Um, I'm always going to say Fantastic Four, but to try to do it now as Hickman's ending up a run, mm-hmm. probably a big mistake, but go back and buy the trades. Yeah. You'll enjoy it. Wait for Matt Fraction to start. Yeah. Defenders. Just, just jump in. Defenders, yeah. Defenders about to end up. Yeah, but it's only, it's been one through ten. One through ten. Ten came out yeah. last week. I'm looking yeah. for like more stuff like that's like an easy pickup. Like yeah. if, you, if you went to the shop, they may yeah. very well yeah. be okay. able to. Uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a book you should be reading. Everybody should be reading Captain Marvel. Um, oh, yes. Uh, like you said about street-level characters, the Rucka Punisher stuff is really quite fantastic. Um, you know, and then, you know, he has some team books in there. I mean, you're lucky because if you want to be jumping on to Marvel books, this Marvel Now thing is going to help you out. I mean, in a couple of months, you're going to have a brand new Avengers book. And if you're a Justice League fan, that might be a book that you might want to mm-hmm. pick up. Uh, Hickman, obviously, we talked about him a lot about Fantastic Four. He's taking over that book. It's the same thing with a lot of these characters. I mean, you have a chance to start up on Thor or Captain America, all from, 
you know, from day dot. So those might be good things for you. I mean, you know, the Rubicker run on Captain America is spectacular. Yeah. So that's something to look to look at. Spider Man's been great with Dan Slott. Yeah, now, absolutely. For months and months, for months, and months you know, that's a book you can absolutely pick up. Um, you know, the thing about Marvel, and the thing I've come to realize with Marvel, especially over the last six months, seven months, whatever, is that as intimidating as you think the books are going to be, Marvel is so much better at bringing you into series. Yes. Without you having to mm-hmm. know a ton, because they give you recaps. And the writers are much better at giving you information. So very painlessly within the stories. Yeah. DC could learn a thing or two about that. Yeah. I, I just think that you, you, the, the thing you should do is find a character that you like, whether it be the X-Men. You, know, either un, you can't go wrong with either Uncanny or Wolverine and the X-Men. They're both great books. You know, find characters you like, that you have an affinity for, that you're interested in. Pick up a book. Read it. If, you're, if you like the book but are confused, then you know... Hey, this is something I want to know more about. Yes. You know? But those books that we all said there, I think, are really books you can jump onto. I mean, if you like Green Arrow, Hawkeye, we didn't talk about Hawkeye number two, but it it was great. Yes, it was. It was amazing. And that is a book you can jump on like that. Let me ask you a question. Is, um, I guess, her name is Lady Hawkeye? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For one of anything else. Has she been around for a while? Like, is she in other books? Um, she's been in another book. She was yeah. his replacement at the, some point. Right, in the Avengers when he was off doing Ronin, I guess. Yeah. Well, like they state in the book, mm-hmm. she is perfect. She's absolutely, yeah. she is hilarious. Yeah. She's like, she's on par with like She-Hulk and, mm-hmm. and just the funny females of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's that this great section in Hawkeye with like that, I don't know, it's like a hundred panels in that one yeah. page. Yep. Uh, which is just, just unbelievable. Yeah. And the slow motion sequence, it's, it's stuff that... Pizza dog. Yeah, if you love stuff like that, pick up that book. And Captain Marvel as well. Um, Stephanie, anything you want to add? I think you've covered all the books that I enjoy, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Go for it! Get those! Read and, things! Uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man is yeah. something that I would like to recommend, just mm-hmm. because, um, I mean, as, as much as you can pick up on the Peter Parker, whether it be amazing or otherwise... Um, the ultimate with Miles Morales hasn't been around so long that you can't find the trade and then and then pick up the extra issues and jump on. Um, it's been one of my personal favorites. Uh, to me, every issue has been stellar and has built upon the momentum of the previous book. Um, it's just my personal recommendation. Uh, you can't go wrong with it. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about some awesome books coming out today um, so from boom we have adventure time Marceline and the scream queens number Yay. three um, it's very interesting I was, I've been looking at sales numbers lately to, for the article I'm doing and I kind of ventured into some of the indie stuff and adventure time is a very interesting book because it's one of the only books that has grown it started out like nine ten thousand it's almost up to twenty thousand at this point like it's yep. almost double oh. its sales and it's you know issues and the Marceline the scream queens issue is better selling than any of the adventure time yep. regular books it's awesome. It's really it's a great book for music fans, and it's a great uh, book for fans of the series. Mm. It's it's just a very interesting story to me. Um, uh, we have fanboys versus zombies number six as well from Boom. Me. <laughs> uh, from Dark Horse, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer season nine number thirteen. We have Conan the Barbarian number eight. We have Creep number one of four. Yes. Um, we have Massive number four. So that answers our question mm. whether or not they were going to do more yeah. past that first three part story arc. Yay. Um, Michael Oven Omens, The Victories, number two. 
Um, Orchid number nine. Um, Star Wars Night Errant Escape number four. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's You're more. making that up. There's more. Star Wars Lost Tribe of the Sith Spiral number two. <laughs> and Strain oh, number eight. <laughs> From oh, it's DC like, Comics. It's like George Lucas Mad Libs. Yeah. <laughs> From DC Comics, we have American Vampire, Lord of Nightmares, number four of five. Yeah. We have Batgirl, number zero. Yes. We have Yay. Batman, number zero. Yay. Uh, Batman and Robin, number zero. Yay. Uh, Batman, Arkham Unhinged, number six. Yeah. Before Watchmen, <laughs> Comedian, number three. Yeah. Um, Deathstroke, number zero. <laughs> Barf. Demon Knights, number zero. Maybe. Um, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, number zero. Hurrah. Uh, Green Lantern Corps, number zero, which is, everybody wondering, it's Guy Gardner, so... Oh. Either that'll make you happy or make you never want to read that book ever. Uh, Grifter, number zero. Um, He-Man, the Masters of the Universe, number two. He-Man? Oh, yeah, you can bring it out organically. Yeah, that's for next week. I gotta do it when I can. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna come up again for a while. <laughs> Probably not for a month. Uh, Legion Lost, number zero. Uh, Punk Rock Jesus, number three of three. Shit, yeah. Uh, Ravagers, number zero. Yeah. Resurrection Man, number zero, which is the final issue. Wow. <laughs> Saucer Country, number seven. Yeah. Uh, That's a lesser yay than it used to be. (laughs) Uh, The the end of the arc was kind of ho-hum. I expected it to be a little bit more of a payoff, and it started off really strong. I'm hoping that they pick it back up. Okay. Um, Shade, number 12 of 12. Suicide Squad, number zero. Superboy, number zero. And new series, Team 7, number zero. Which is like that Deathstroke, the, like those yeah. characters in one. From uh, Suicide Squad. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Wildstorm. Um, it's written by Justin Jordan, who wrote a talent, uh, the Strange the Talent. Strode. Of Strode. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, Aww. and he's got a marvelous beard. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's Fisherman beard or Lincoln beard or <laughs> Gordon's Fisherman. Um, Google a picture and check it out yourself kind of beard. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's the only reason <laughs> I want to pick out that book. No, no, because no, of his beard? No, no, because of the author. Knowing oh. that he's the writer, then I'm going to have to oh, pick okay. it up. Except the, the name, was it Team 7? Uh, Dynamite, this is Bionic Woman, number 4. Bionic Womana. Womana? No, it oh be, yeah, right? no, it's not. Womana, it should womana, be, womana. it should be. Uh, Dark Shadows, number 7. Um, Dark Shadows, Vampirella, number 2. <laughs> no. Uh, what is that about? George R. R. Martin's A Game of Thrones, number 10. Sticks. <laughs> Uh, Green Hornet, number 28. Uh, Jennifer Blood, First Blood, number one of six. That sounds Stallone. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thunder, number two. <laughs> Thunder. And Warlords of Warlord of Mars, number 21. As a sidebar, whenever I hear Green Hornet, I think of the Kill Bill song, Green Hornet. Anyone? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Al Hurt. Yeah. I- I don't yeah, know. it's pretty Sorry. awesome. It's when she shows up in what Hong Kong, wherever yeah. they are. Yeah, I yeah, feel you get so the, left out. Yeah, that's an awesome. I've movie. seen that movie like three or four times. Yeah, too. I love that movie. Um, IDW. We have Doctor Who Annual 2012. We have Rocketeer Cargo of Doom yes. number two. Yeah. We have Transformers. More than meets the eye. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the rhythm of it finally. I know which one's coming. Into uh, it. It's the annual. Uh, Image Comics. We have Activity number eight. That's Chew. yogurt, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Chew, number 28. Uh, Darkness, number 106. Haunt, number 26. Hoax Hunters, number 3. It Girl and the Atomics, number yes. 2. Yay. Manhattan Projects, number 6. Memoir, number 6. Mm. Um, s- oh, no, that's sorry. Uh, 
Spawn. Nope, that's a, that's a poster. That's it for Image. <laughs> there was a lot of like second printings, and there's a trade paperback for Mondo. Um, Mondo. Uh, from Marvel, we have Avengers Assemble number seven. We have Avengers no, versus X Men number eleven of Thank twelve. God, almost, almost over. Yeah. We have Avenging Spider Man number twelve, uh, Dead, featuring Deadpool. Featuring Deadpool. Yay! Uh, Captain America number seventeen. Captain okay. America and Black Widow, 636. Uh, um, we have Doctor Strange, Season 1. Hmm. Fantastic Four, number 610. Of course. Um, we have Incredible Hulk, number 13. Journey into Mystery, number 643. Um, what do we got here? New Avengers, number 30. Uh, <laughs> we have Scarlet Spider, number 9. Ultimate Comics X-Men number 16, Uncanny X-Force number 31, Uncanny X-Men number 18, Winter Soldier number 10. I thought you were going to say Uncanny Winter Soldier, <laughs> just for fun. Uh, X-Men number 35, X-Men Legacy number 273, and Extreme X-Men number 3. Um, Jesus. The news came out, I think it was today or yesterday, that Uncanny X-Force is ending once Rick Remender uh, stops writing oh. it. Um, uh, from Omni Press, we have Bad Medicine number five and Stumptown volume two number one. Um, I'm hearing very good things about that. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I heard have. good things about that too. Very cool. Um, Valiant Entertainment, we have Harbinger number four and Exo Man of War number five. And from Zenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales presents The Jungle Book number five. Hooray, the last one. Uh, Waking Dreams end number four and a graphic novel called Whore. <laughs> oh, I saw a poster for this at San Diego. Oh, okay. And it looked terrible. <laughs> Called whore. It looked very whorish. Um, it did. All right. I so think it's about whores. That is the oh, end of. Go. This might be a record for us as far as length for podcasts. Really? Yeah, we're approaching two and a half hours. No. But it's an anniversary. It is. It's so, an anniversary. You've know, you uh, got to have an issue. extra special issue. It's 80 true. page giant. It's issue. true. This is $7.99. Yeah, yeah, this cost seven ninety nine. If you want to get in touch with us uh, at Talking Comics, let us know if we left out some fifty two books that you liked. If there's stuff that we said we like that you absolutely hate, uh, let us know. Um, let us know anything. You know, let us know what books you're reading. Uh, you know, we had a question about what Marvel books to jump onto. Maybe we forgot something. Let us know something that you think we should be reading or that Pedro should read. Um, that's at Talking Comics or info at talkingcomicbooks.com. Obviously, TalkingComicBooks.com is the website for reviews, articles, what have you. Um, we also have our personal Twitters. I'm at Bobby Shortle. Steve? Uh, at Dead underscore Anchorus. Stephanie? I'm Hello Cookie. And just as a sidebar, if you want to know any of our new contributors' info and Twitters and Facebooks and emails and all that, they're now all up on the About Us page as well. Very nice. Ooh. Um, and mm-hmm. Bob, your email address? Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. And again, if you go on the website, The About Us, Bob is now there, and there's a link to his email on there. So if you can't remember his email, it's right there. Since um, I can't either. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you want to... I was going to... Uh, should I talk about the thing, or should I wait? What, the uh, the new feature? Yeah. Yeah, talk about it. Absolutely, man. What All right. Um, consider, consider this the, the unofficial official <laughs> announcement. Um, Talking Comics is going to try and... Mm expand a little bit and we're going to create somewhat of an art department mm-hmm. um it's going to be very much in the works so have patience with us as we get it going but 
One of the features that uh, we're going to have on it is, I believe Stephanie uh, came up with the name called I Collect. It's going to be Talking Comics Presents I Collect. And what it is, is instead of like every week that everybody goes to the store on Wednesdays, they post pictures of their weekly hauls. We have a lot of people that like to show off their stuff. But what we're going to do now is to somehow uh, to give back to you guys. We want to feature you on the site in this uh, special section that we're developing where we want to see your comic book collections. You guys have put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of passion, and you probably have a lot of really cool shit mm-hmm. that people want to see. So what we're, gonna, what we're asking you for is to organize and take photos of your stuff presented in whatever way you know you'd like to represent your your collections and we're going to interview you we're going to ask you you know what are some of your favorite books in your collection uh, how'd you get started in comics what does it mean to you to, as a as a collector you know what keeps you going stuff like that and uh, you will be featured on the Talking Comics website, and people can mm-hmm. come and check out your stuff. Uh, you could tell your friends, you know, come and check us out. Look at this. They, they wrote a thing about me. And uh, figure in the next, in the coming days, uh, we'll have more details on this. But if you think that you'd like to be a part of it, then uh, start to get organized. Start to, you know, take the best of the best or all of your stuff mm-hmm. and uh, just get ready because I think it would be a really good way to interact with everyone and you get to show off your shit. Absolutely. Who yeah. doesn't like to do that? Absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah, it'd be great. And we, you know, you guys are make the engine that makes this thing go for us. So it's it'll be great to see what you guys have to bring to the table. Exactly. Um, absolutely. So that's awesome. Um, look for a full new 52 ranking uh, next week. Every day I'm going to post something. So I'll finally get to yeah. be done reading. But understand. Understand. Bobby's been very dedicated and working very hard, almost to a maniacal <laughs> yeah. degree to uh, to bring you guys uh, this upcoming thing. Yeah. I think you should all read it because it's probably going to be pretty damn interesting. It's, I mean, uh, looking at the coffee table yeah, over there. It's just like full of books. It's a murder yeah. of books. <laughs> um, yeah, so it should be awesome. And you guys um, keep doing what you're doing because it's been great. Um, so that's it for this, I guess. It's not quite our anniversary yet, but it is anniversary of the thing that got us started doing this in the first place. And that's it for this episode. Um for Steve. See you later. Bob. Uh, let me just quickly, on, okay. on the Bob's way out, I've, I've got to hijack the ending again. Again, once again, congratulations to Sarah, who did such nice yes, work thank for you us. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, and, uh, and then certainly congratulations to uh, Graham and Faye, the new parents of little Princess Alora. Mm-hmm. And also, happy birthday to Sarah and to Hugh Perry, That's whose correct. birthdays are both Saturday the 15th. Too many September birthdays. <laughs> so, after that, goodbye. All right. Uh, and Stephanie. Sayonara. <laughs> I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.